What up, this is Jason Mewes, and you're listening to Nashcast up in this piece. Snoots to the Nooch! I see Sean's show working like sometimes better than mine because he has a very structured format. All of the segments that work, he stole from my podcast. And Borrowed. Yeah. Borrowed. <laughs> negotiated. Batman, holy shit. If he called me, I'd have to sit down too and be like, oh shit, this is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? That's yeah. literally what it was like. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Let's do it. Sean, I, kick it off I, for us. Yeah, go. Oh, okay. I have this little thing. Shit. <laughs> we know you've got a little thing. What's your uh, what's your big thing? Oh, you son of a bitch. Now, I'd like to see a new version of Keanu Reeves as a video game character. I want them to be really underwater, like kind of the way you would see, like on a documentary. And I want him to punch a shark in the face. Oh, who doesn't want to see a shark punched in the face? Sean, Scott. Hey man, good to have you back for episode 64 of the Nashcast podcast, because we missed you in 63. And I want to just say, I was really not gutted, but we did miss you, because in 63 it was me, Adam Chase. Yes. And uh, but, I mean, it's back. good to have you back, my little RT unit, my little tiger, as we're Thanks, calling everyone. you now. Um, and yeah, uh, also we've got a couple of guests. The first guest I'll introduce, who's uh, following straight on from the last podcast and running the risk of becoming a regular member chase hello hey, hey guys hey. Welcome. it feels like i was just here like wednesday literally two days three days i don't know what they were on yeah yeah, yeah how weird time works and stuff Isn't it? yeah and our second guest as well um kind of semi-regular i want to say despite it might have been like three or four podcasts jamie walton hero of hey so many people hey good to have yes. you on board thanks for joining us again um, I'm uh, so happy to be here, and I have to say that your uh, what you were saying it was just so endearing. How much you missed having your partner in the oh. last episode. I was like, gonna tear up. <laughs> I really did. It's it was, like his Batman to his Robin. <laughs> yeah, it was very obvious that from because um, we have videos, so we're watching you guys, and it was very obvious that there was some emotion going it's, on between you two. Yeah, <laughs> we don't actually get to see each other that often anymore because we we do live. Um, a little ways away. When mm. I say that, it's like forty minutes on the train. But my life That's has taken me. Away. My life has taken me even further. I'm I'm yeah. able to travel for work, going up to a city in Birmingham. And then there's like the like three the... hours, and I'm there for weeks on end. So and I work... get to see my my Batman. Yeah, and our work schedules are always conflicting and stuff. So it's really weird because it wasn't until um me, Adam, and Chase were recording uh, episode sixty three that. Uh, it was like I, I, I tried to. Me- I mentioned it on the podcast, and I was like, "It's the first time in I couldn't remember when Sean wasn't there," and it was really, really weird and 
uh, I want to use the word surreal, but I'm not sure if that's right. Um, just like not having them there, it was so strange. And right. it felt kind of empty, just not having you him there. You were grieving. Yeah, even when he's like, even when he's like really quiet during certain conversations and hot topic conversations, for example, he's quiet, but he still has a presence. But that right. was just like non-existent during this episode. So, um, yeah. Because it wasn't on the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did miss you, though. Wish you uh, could have been I, there, I bro. Wish I here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, you can sit here and cry. This is so awesome. <laughs> me being a girl and sitting here watching these guys get so emotional. Oh, uh, I, I got a lot, a lot of love for Sean. He's yeah, like, he's, he's a true bro, man. He's he's helped me out with the podcast so much, and he's because uh, he's got his own podcast as well, which I, I guess, co-host or help you out with. Have you want to? Yeah. Do it. And edit and, and yeah, and, and basically sort out for you. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like when he's not there, um, it's yeah, it's just really weird. And because we always do like this sort of thing together, so yeah, well, it started by you two fools, absolutely. And there have been moments where I've um, sometimes based on feedback, I've sort of hit a point where I've been like, well. You know, I see Sean's show working like sometimes better than mine because he has a very structured format. All of the segments that work, he stole from my podcast. And Borrowed. Yeah. <laughs> Negotiated. Yeah. Negotiated. So when we start off with like Nashcast, we, we, we'd like bring up certain segments like Shark News and, you know, uh, various other Fuck bits and sharks. pieces. Yeah. Uh, shark News. <laughs> didn't you guys, wouldn't technically that be stolen from Smodcast? From Smodcast? Like, did Smodcast um, kind of go it didn't they kind of tap the shark thing first well they would talk about it like every now and again but mine would yeah, be an update like every segment. week like the only show that seems to have real segments is each is hollywood babylon and it seems like the only reason that is is because they have an audience like a live audience yeah well we started ours by like his um the running like joke is it started off as a running joke where people were constantly saying to me that you know the chances of uh you know if you're on a plane flying the chance of it crashing is you know x whatever the figures are you know don't ever give I me the odds had that conversation with somebody and they're getting eaten by a shark right yeah and then the shark thing so uh, and they were just like saying oh it's so random and rare and we got to the point where every time we were podcasting like every week i could literally pull up a news story about a plane that had crashed within the last few days a shark attack that had happened in the last few days <laughs> and that became like just like a kind of like a running gag type theme type thing and then like it never happens but it's always <laughs> in the news yeah and then when we set up sean's podcast i was like well let's take because we got to the point where we had so many kind of different segments at the time uh he took all the good ones i forgot about the rest so nash <laughs> so nashcast became a bit of a random kind of like what the fuck are we doing again type uh thing and he had all the good segments so then i had to kind of restructure and um uh reevaluate nashcast what it was about how we'd approach it and what sort of stuff we'd talk about um i mean we, we're kind of getting there and it's working out but yeah he took all the, the what good exactly shit exactly is nashcast about because as far as i can tell it just seems to be like buddies who talk about stuff that's it yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That is kind of it. Yeah. yeah, but that's not a bad thing. That I have to say, I don't. I I'm I, I'm not being at at all critical. I I think that's an awesome thing. Mm. Like yeah. this guy's just talking about random stuff. Like that's yeah. just so like they were hanging out in a bar well, or some shit. Yeah, oh, oh, this I, is exactly how I was explaining it to um a guy that we met up with in London, Timo. He said, "What do you do?" And I said, "It's like 
us having a conversation in the bar right now. And when you have so some good laughs and stuff. And yeah. throw it out there. And, yeah. And yeah. That's it. See, I just had to record um, the Wayne Foundation, the, my charity that I run. Um, Kevin uh, allowed us to start our own podcast since we have a drop-in center now. I thought it would be a good idea to um, kind of not only keep people updated on what we're doing at the drop-in center in a generalized mode, um, but also um, to interview guests that have to do with trafficking in the sense of just like, you know, they represent certain aspects of trafficking that could be like way better explained than what I could do. Like in the sense of like, just um, like the next guest I plan on having is an attorney and he mm. uh, does all like he expunges people's records and stuff. And I want him to explain like what, how, what that system is, why it exists, you know, why these laws were just passed that allow um, victims records to be expunged so that they don't have a criminal record anymore. You know, just like explain the whole process. Yeah. So I wanted to have different guests from that could give different insights into it. And uh, so anyway, um, I just this week when you guys were recording with Chase, I was at the office recording with um, my assistant program director, Maria. And she's never done a podcast before. Oh, wow. And um, so I was having to explain. And we luckily it was in person and we had mics and we were just sitting with each other in the same room. But I was having to explain to her. I was like, look, this is like a, it's this is kind of like a conversation. I said it'll be a little bit interviewee in the sense that people don't know you. So I'm going to ask you some leading questions that I already know the answers to that will explain who you are. But then after that, it really come, becomes just a conversation between us. And I had even at one point after we had done the first episode, Kevin and I had done the first episode, I had teased when we were getting ready to record for Maria and I, I was like, well, I could always just take the recorder and just let it run all day in the drop-in center and just use that as a podcast because <laughs> we talk like 10 hours a day. Yeah. So we could just do that. And he's like, the, and the, the guy who does our editing, uh, Will Wilkins, he was just like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. And I'm like, no, 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 I wasn't serious about that. I, I, I have my confidentiality. I have not in that aspect. But yeah, no, it was really interesting to get somebody who's never done a podcast and had, mm -hmm. she at least, not, she understands what a podcast is because I've played a few of Kevin's for her. Yeah. But she, it's totally not in her wheelhouse. And actually, we did, we did have a little bit of a technical issue where like she, she was speaking directly. In, I have very good mics. And I had the levels right because I tested it. But unfortunately, I tested it against my own voice and not hers. Oh, and right. she is extremely soft-spoken. Yeah. So even though she was speaking directly into the mic, like her mouth almost like on the mic, <laughs> yeah. like you're supposed to, she, uh, at least with those particular mics, um, she came up on the file like you could barely hear her. Oh. And I'm just like booming. If you have to turn, if you turn your volume up to the point where you could hear her, I'm booming in comparison <laughs> yeah. to barely being able to understand what she's saying. So I, I, no, what I normally just up, I usually edit it myself, but you just, um, yeah, I had you, to go to Will and be like, look, is there something you can do about this? Because <laughs> I don't have any software that fixes this. Yeah. Right. That, that was, that reminds me of something that, because we had that issue with, um, Sean and it's something that I constantly make a joke about because of his height, but, um, because as well as just like um, throwing around just random conversation and just having a laugh, exactly as Chase said, as if you were in a bar somewhere, just like yeah, random conversation comes it. up and you have a laugh. We we did um, for three episodes throughout since we've been going, we had this running thing where we were just like end of the world scenario 
again, sort of conversation <laughs> you'd raise in the pub. You'd be like, right, this happens, what do you do? And we actually yeah. recorded it. And the first episode we did was episode five. And, um, and we had issues with Sean's microphone or he was just too short to reach it. We don't know which. Um, oh, probably too short. Yeah, yeah. So, like, me and Adam came through, like, I mean, it all worked out in the end, but we we couldn't hear Sean. But, like, me and Adam came through really well. And in episode 30, we did a part two where it was, like, uh, Judgment Day again, end of the world. As if we'd already, you know, couldn't make it any worse. We somehow made it worse. And it all came well, really, really well. And then in the last episode, which I want to say 60... Oh, episode 60. Yeah, Sean did like most of the narration of like just throwing us in this final scenario to like conclude the end of the world Actually, for the third time. Actually, that was a good storyline. Oh, you listened to that one? Yeah, I listened oh, nice. to all three episodes <laughs> yeah. of that because I wanted to find out how it went. And you guys just seem to keep fucking it up worse and yeah. worse. We stopped. We, yeah, we did try. To, yeah. Well, that's the thing. We were just like, it's, it's too easy to. We did record an episode. Um, uh, when we did episode 30, we did it with um, a couple of other people. And yeah. instead of like them going with the theme of like, okay, we're going to do this, but we're trying, you know, on the out, the, in brackets, we're trying to make it worse, you know, like the end of the world right. scenario. They just kept up, yeah, they kept coming up with, um, uh, um, uh, conclusions of how to fix problems and stuff and I was kind of like well that's great but you're not making problems worse you're just like fixing problems and we're trying to like come up with an end of the world scenario type thing so we ended up re- re- problems. <laughs> yeah. basically so, what you're trying to say yeah so we ended up redoing it again and the, the second time worked out fine and then that does the kind of like we were just trying to like come up with like some uh, to come up with or create um, inspiration from a creative point of view of like, yeah, because we're all into like writing, not so much acting or anything like that, but writing and writing some more. And uh, music yeah, music for Adam as well. So we were just like trying yeah. to uh, keep the creative juices going, as it were, which is why we came up with these sort of scenarios. And it was just fun to sit down and talk about. And literally, by the time we got around to episode 60, even I was struggling with like, Okay, we've done all this aliens, predators, and Xeno, God knows, whatever, aliens that have infected other species. What could literally, how can we make it worse? And yet, Sean off the bat just like made it 10 times worse straight away. And uh, yeah, and it's just like really good fun recording. I didn't hear, I didn't hear the podcast. Just admittedly, I don't, the only podcasts I get to listen to nowadays are my own, and it's really annoying. Yeah, so, that's understandable. Tell- I mean, you're super busy. No, oh, yeah, um, totally. This is why I feel like really bad because I like we were supposed to podcast back in January, and I like sent a couple of around about that sort of time. Everything was kicking off with the Wayne Foundation, like yeah, the yeah. um the problems. We were really trying to push to get the drop in center. Yeah, open. and then you had like all the issues with like January um. And, well, we were supposed to be open in January, and we had a bunch of construction issues. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. On the last Wayne Foundation podcast, I talked I. On the first episode of the Wayne Foundation podcast, which uh, Kevin interviews me, yeah, and it's the uh, only pod that he's um, is scheduled to appear on for that series. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I remember you emailing <laughs> me yeah, at the time. I became available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember, um, uh, Jamie. I remember you like emailing me about it because I was like available because I became <laughs> unavailable and he was sitting around the house all bored without me. Yeah, well, I remember, I remember when I emailed and you were just like... It's not here anymore. Now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, when you said, like, the email had caved in, I was just like, okay, I'll... Um... And because, like, literally, like, as you said, everything was kicking up, everything was launching with the Wayne Foundation. And I was like, okay, 
Yeah, you know, and I completely got it. I was like, yeah, you're busy. I'll get back to you later. And I always kind of like felt guilty whenever I uh, I was chasing up. I I I was always kind of like, yeah, I know you're literally so busy. I felt guilty just like saying, hey, did you want to do that podcast? So. Oh, oh, oh see, and you should. Okay, this is a future <laughs> reference. If I tell you I'll do a podcast with you. And then it goes a couple months and I don't say anything to you. Just say something to me about it. Because podcast, I do that bitch. to people all the time. <laughs> I commit to I commit to their podcasts all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, uh, let me know when you're ready. And if, if they give me a date and a time and they, they can't be flexible, if they give me a date and a time I can't do, mm. I'll just be like, look, I can't do it. Um, get back to me in a few weeks. And if they don't actively get back to me, I don't pursue it. It's oh, yeah, like, of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to. It's just that I've got so many other things going on. That oh, of course. This is like literally the last thing on my mind. And even when I do thing, even when I do guest for the Wayne Foundation itself and not just for like, you know, bullshitting with you guys, <laughs> just I'm going to tell I'm the, this is the only podcast I do that on. And I, that's why I love coming on your podcast. This is why this, I think this is the third episode I've done. Um, this is the only podcast that I've done three episodes of besides with on Kevin's network. Wow. Um, yeah. So as far as guesting, um, I, I, now I, for the Wayne foundation, I have done up to two guest appearances for a certain podcast. Okay. So we're competing with Kevin Smith. Let's go. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> well, that's going to be Hey, great. at least with me, I've only been on three podcasts and it's all been you guys, so you should be like... Yeah, see, he's oh, waiting wow. for oh, definitely. you guys. I was, I was super... I that he should become a regular part, and that way it will, like, drag me in a lot of the time. Oh, He'll I... be constantly be like, Jamie, come get the mic. I know you're watching TV. Come get the mic. You I'd, need to talk I'd about love this to. I, I even today I remember back in um like it was like the first or second podcast that we were doing with yourself and um you said uh that Chase was like in the back. I think he was playing Monopoly. I want to say by himself. <laughs> yeah, probably. And yeah, and I was just like, oh, it'd be awesome to like have him on the podcast. And you'd kind of like on the side like asked him and he's like oh no but the moment we mentioned the word zombies he's like yeah i'll do a podcast with them yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was like boom here we are now well yeah. i think what it was is i think honestly because he's he knows what i podcast about 99 percent of the time other than with you guys sure so i think that when i asked him the question originally Number one, he had not listened to any of your episodes, so he didn't know who you guys were. Bitch. At that time. Hey. And also, he's, Sorry, thinking, he's thinking that I'm talking, because I'm, uh, I'm, he plays, when he plays his games, he's got his headphones on so that he doesn't hear my annoying voice in the background. <laughs> um, no, it's just the truth. We, we're constantly putting headphones on against one another. When the, when the one person's doing something solo by, the, the, by themselves, we put headphones on because we don't want to listen to what they're doing. Well, that and I have a 7.1 surround sound headset that's pretty nice for gaming. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, we have a small house is what it is, and yeah. noises are annoying. You know, like, I mean, when when we were podcasting, Chase is at him, at the time, the way it was set up. Now, I've moved my office to the Wayne Foundation offices since that then. Yeah. But at the time that we first recorded, my office was the same room as his office, and our desks were literally like four feet apart. Okay. So you have to have headphones on. Otherwise, if when I'm recording with you guys, you guys are going to be picking up Monopoly music in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And then Monopoly and Hasbro might sue you. Do not pass go. You never know. (laughs) They're pretty sue happy. Yeah. Sponsor us, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Maybe. uh, Off chance, but most likely lawsuit. 
Yeah, I know. No. Uh, That's fine. Scott's rich. He can cover it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just had to deal with that. That The idea of that, when we were putting together the Wayne Foundation podcast, I was like, oh, man, I, I guess I need some kind of intro. And I was like, I recorded an at like a intro with me, and I'm like, no, we need to have something, some kind of hook, some kind of something to get people to listen. Hmm. And I wanted to go Batman esque. Oh, I, totally, uh, mm. I totally wanted to use the Batman music from the first Batman movie, the Michael. Oh, King the Michael Keaton one, yeah. Which yeah. I got to say, you mentioned in the, the podcast. No, yeah, you said no one would remember him, and I straight away I made a note of it, and I was like, oh my god, he's one of the best Batmans there is, yes. isn't he? Yeah. He is. I, he is. I think he's my favorite Batman, despite uh, despite all the efforts that have been made over the years. He's probably my favorite Batman, and he's but he's also the most like as far as an actor, he's so random to play Batman. He's yeah. done so much comedy and other things. He's not like a serious like action kind of guy. When you say Michael Keaton to me, like especially pre Batman. It's just like Michael Keaton is Michael Keaton is Batman. Like what? Really? <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Bob? Really? Multiplicity? <laughs> yeah. Beetlejuice? Yeah. Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like really like he's a good actor, but he's more like he's funny. He's not like all serious, and then all of a sudden he showed in Batman like he. It's like be- holy fuck. Yeah. He did such a good job. Like I, I ha- like, but anyway. Where I was going with this is that I um I was looking for because I realized that I can't legally get a, if I'm going to be on like if I was just randomly putting it on my website and not on a network I would have just used the music because they're never going to notice mm. I'll have like four listeners and nobody will care um but if uh, knowing that I was going to be put on the Smodcast network so there's a chance I'm going to get more audience members than what I would normally like if it was just me promoting it. Mm. Um, just honestly, if it's if it's me promoting it, it's like four people. If it's Kevin promoting it, it's probably like I don't know, four hundred people. Yeah. I keep teasing that I'm like the least listened to podcast on the whole <laughs> Smodcast network. Like, I doubt that that's yeah. I go didn't. to when you have nothing else to do and you've yeah. burned everything else. I gotta say, I like the um, uh, whilst intro is always good and and whatnot. I um, listening because I I heard the the episode that uh, that went up for the Wayne Foundation. Oh, I, that's I, sweet. I liked the the intro as it was where you had uh, Kevin Conroy doing his whole speech from yeah. whenever he did that um, live uh-huh. thing, and I remember I remember he listening to Comic Con last yeah. year. And I remember when that actually, well, when I felt the first time I heard that, I was like, that is fucking awesome. And the I fact- do know, it took me six months to set that up. Oh, it, wow. No, but he, the, the great, no, I had met him in, um, like, um, I don't remember if it was, like, it was like May, I think, in the beginning of May of last year. I had met him on a panel that Kevin had done for the 75th birthday of Batman. Kevin and I had just podcasted and then gone to this panel he was doing um at the Paley Center in New York City. And um Kevin Conroy was on the panel. Yeah. I had um I had said hello. I I'd met everybody. I'd met everybody on the panel because I was with Kevin. And um afterwards when it was all said and done, I um I spoke to Kevin Conroy for just a few moments like cuz he had to go all the other people I spent a little bit more time with but of all the people, he was the only one that he was like, look, I got to go. I got to go. I was like, yeah. um, but I told him real quick what I did. I said, I run the Real Wayne Foundation. Here's my card. 
And evidently he, like, and that's all I got to say with him. I took a quick photo with him and he was gone. But then he like called me on my cell phone. Wow. Like a week later. Yeah. You want to talk about me? I literally sat down because it's his voice is Batman's voice. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. On the phone. <laughs> Batman. I, holy shit. If he called me, I'd have to sit down too and be like, oh shit, this is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? That's literally what it was like. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Yeah. That that's literally what it was like. And he is wow. such a sweet, awesome person. He, I, 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 I heard, I heard the voice and I'm like, cause I said this, I always answer the phone. This is Jamie. And he's like, yes, this is Kevin Conroy. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's Batman. And I just literally sat down on the couch, just like inadvertently, just like wow. my legs gave out. And, um, he sat and talked to me for quite a while and gave me some perspective on why he was so impassioned by what we were doing and, um, asked me if there's anything he could do to help. And I said that, well, it would be really awesome if you did some kind of plug for us since you do voice work, you know, whenever you got the time, that would be awesome. Hmm. And he said, okay, yeah, let me, um, let me get hooked up with, um, your Kevin and we'll see what we can do about this. And I'm like, okay. And um, because of their schedules, it took a quite a long time to get that really together. But it just so were it so happened to work out that they were both at Comic Con together, plugging all their own stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, uh, so we were able to get them together. It was on Hollywood Babylon. Actually, you can go back and listen to the episode. I don't know what the number is, but it's from Comic Con 2014. And um, uh, it, it's Ralph, Kevin. And Kevin Conroy comes in at the very yeah, beginning. It's Kevin's like, I brought Batman yeah. with me. Because it's a really quick <laughs> appearance, isn't it? He literally yeah, just like shows up, so says the piece and disappears. He showed up so that he could do this for yeah. the Wayne Foundation. That was the whole purpose behind him showing up and doing this recording. But mm. they knew that they would be able to cut it out of the episode for me. So they got the added benefit of Kevin Conroy showing up to a live event. But then I got the, 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 so that's why he's very in and out. Like, cause that's what he was really showing up for was to do the recording for me. Yeah. But we've since been able to use that. And what I was saying about the music is, is that I really wanted to use the Batman music, but I also figured out that I also didn't want to pay for the licensing on it either. Yeah. Uh, cause that would really defeat the purpose of running a charity. Uh, um, yeah, good point. That's, that's not a cheap piece of music to buy. Uh, it's very popular. Mm. Um, so I was started to look into um royalty free uh royalty free music because there's a lot of royalty free music out there that sounds extremely close to originals like just enough that they can legally get away with yeah, it. And yeah. there's little there's literally titles like opening intro to action movie, you know, stuff like that. So I'm like and so I typed in the word Batman and I got like a hundred hits and I sat there for like a week listening to each one and I was narrowing it down further and further of which one comes closest to like, it's not the Batman theme, but it's Batman-esque, you know? So I finally got it down to it and I was really happy with it. And once it published, I got so happy because one, um, one of our, uh, big supporters, Jane, she, uh, lives in Belgium, but she's from the UK like you guys. Um, and she, imme- she, of course, listened to the podcast, like the minute it got launched. Yeah. Um, she's, she's very dedicated like that. She's such a sweetheart. But she, the first thing she commented on, she's like, I love your intro music. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God, because I spent <laughs> so much time trying to figure out that music. Oh my God. Well, it's weird launching a podcast. It's one thing to guess on a bunch of people's podcasts. 
But it's weird to have your own, like having to edit it and having to figure out what your episodes are about and what where you're going with it, how to keep people interested. Like even on the episode I just did with Maria, I at certain times, even though we're talking about stuff that's serious, there was a few times where I cracked jokes so that it it, it lightened it up just a little bit because it's really uncomfortable to talk about such a serious topic for like an hour, like we went like an hour and 45 minutes. I told her in the beginning, I'm like, we need to get at least an hour in. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and by the time I look down at the recorder, we're like at an hour 45. And I'm just like, okay, I'm like doing the cutoff sign to her. Like, okay, we need to wrap this up. And this surprises you get still. Too long. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, so maybe we should, maybe we should, we may, instead of me plugging my podcast over and over. The only reason I'm doing that is because the second episode just launched like an hour ago. It's no, no, uh, no, it's definitely, it's, it's a really good thing. I, I it was literally. Yeah, but it's good to plug your own podcast when you're on somebody else's, on somebody else's podcast. No, uh, that's no, no, fine. yeah, it's fine. So I, 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 let me go ahead and just go ahead and apologize for no, that. No, 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 that's fine. I, I was literally just the, uh, it wasn't too long ago that I was thinking to myself about, um, the the episode that you did with Kevin Smith on the Fat Man on Batman thing about the whole Wayne Foundation and stuff, yeah. and I and I was thinking to myself, you know what? It has been like way too long since you guys got down and talked about it, and I've unfortunately been my work schedule has been so busy the last like a few weeks, and outside of that, um, I've not had that much contact with um quite a few people. So I did, and then I found out uh, through Sean, he's like, you know, oh, hey, you know, they've got this podcast up. And I was like, what the fuck? How did I not know about this? Because I've been, <laughs> I've been so out of the loop because I've been so busy. But the moment I found out about it, I was like, bang, right, episode one, let's go. Listen to it, loved it. Like, like I said, even though the intro was just like the, the Kevin Conroy bit and then the, the bit with you saying like, hey, swearing involved uh, and all that stuff, like, you know, it's not for the, the lighthearted loved uh i loved it so um it was a really good episode so yeah i think it's brilliant you can plug it as much as you want there you oh, go that's very kind of you uh, that's very kind <clears throat> of you but let's get let's get on to let's get on to the topic that yeah. i love most all right yeah so sean we're um we're talking terminator genesis no we're not no we're not we're talking <laughs> yeah. john wick terminator did everybody watch it i know we no. watched like a hundred times uh, I've seen it four times now. Four? Wow, yeah. four times. Do you get a chance to watch I it? I haven't. I didn't even know the film existed. That's how off the map I've been lately. But um, I'm not worried about spoilers. So I was like, at this point, until we get onto the TV yeah, talk. Yeah, if we talk about it, we're going to spoil no, this Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh, so yeah, yeah. As I, until we get, I might throw some questions in there. But until we get to the TV stuff, oh, I'm going to. Yeah, we're just going to throw a blanket to, out there that spoilers. this spoilers all the way through it. <laughs> not seen John Wick turn the podcast to whatever when we start talking about TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And then if you haven't seen all those TV shows, just come back later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. After you have. Email your complaint <laughs> to Neil Sean <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Sean will probably, he'll know what you're talking about. I'll try and throw some questions in there if necessary, but no, it might be a good it might be a good aspect for the three of us to have seen it and for the you not to to just be like, okay, so why is this happening? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Sean, okay. kick it off for us. Yeah, go. Oh, okay. I have this little thing. <laughs> we know you got a little thing. What's your uh, what's your big thing? Oh, you son of a bitch! Boom. Hey, I yeah. do have um at some point I do have a list of j- unknown 
Mo- uh, mostly unknown John Wick facts. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just I, I thought I'd hit it off very quickly with a I recorded something from the film because when I but, watched it again earlier on today, um, I thought this. We did too. We watched it right before we came on. Cool. Uh, I tried multitasking. <laughs> I tried to test this earlier with Nash, and it seemed to work. So let's see how this does. When Ellen died, I lost everything. Until that dog arrived on my doorstep. A final gift for my wife. In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. An opportunity to grieve on alone. And your son took that from me. Stole that from me. Killed that from me! People keep asking if I'm back. And I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your yeah. son, or you can die screaming alongside him! Dude sounds pretty I, upset. I want to go watch that movie again, and I literally <laughs> just watched it two hours ago. Okay, can I ask the first question? Keanu de- doesn't sound as wooden as he does in previous movies. And it's kind of like that through the whole movie that he actually somehow manages to channel some emotion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Not I, some emotion, a lot of freaking emotion. Yeah. Are we talking like facial features and not just yeah, in the voice, crying. but like, oh, yeah. wow. So like yeah. he's got yeah. a physical presence there then in the, the whole scene. It doesn't not it does not seem like acting. He does seem like he is very much grieving the the premise is that his wife dies. Um and uh that's the opening of the movie is Ugh. his wife's funeral, him going to his wife's funeral. And um when he gets home, his wife sends him a dog. A puppy. It, there's a note, a puppy. And there's a note saying, you know, hey, I know that you're going to grieve alone and I don't want that to happen. You know, your car is not a friend. You need a real friend. Uh, and since she's dead and his guess his I guess his only friend, as far as we know, at this point in the movie, she sends him this little pretty, this cute, adorable little puppy. And super, super adorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So C- CGI uh, or a real dog? So, what? Real dog. It's a, it's a real dog. Yeah. No, uh, to, I want to point out, okay, just to go to the uh, John Wick's trivia, one of the things it says here is that bacon grease was placed on Keanu's face to attract the, jo- the dog to jump on him when he wakes up in the bed. Mm. Interesting. So okay. they smeared him with bacon grease to get that dog to jump up and start licking. Because I wondered about so that. So that basically says the dog didn't really care for Keanu. <laughs> yeah, like, who's this fucking asshole? Hold on, hold on. In his defense and in the dog trainer's defense, you have to think that the dog they're showing is an actual puppy. It's not trained, so mm. it's not like an acting dog that's two or three years old that knows commands and stuff. They're using a puppy, so <laughs> they're going to have to use cues. They're not going to be able to be a, like a trainer, like, go lick his face. You know, <laughs> dog's like eight weeks old. I was about to say, how many dogs are there that are trained where people go, go get on his face? And they just right? 
jump on his face. I, that's why. Do you know how? God, the acting animals make huge bank. I would. I think that's like a killer job. That the yeah, person probably. that raises like cats and dogs that appear in movies. Yeah. They make so much money. Especially it's the monkeys. Crazy. Yeah. And then the people that are discovered on YouTube because they put their dog and stuff on, and then they like make a commercial out of it or something. Yeah. I want that so bad. I want that. Like, I want to just, like, take a film of my dog and make, like, a million dollars of it off on a commercial. Because my uh, dogs do stupid things all the time. Film them. Oh. If you get, do if you get them to, to wear, like, a Wayne Foundation shirt, you can get, <laughs> get, get half of them for sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Or have, like, the Wayne Foundation on their collar or something. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or spray paint the Wayne Foundation colors. Yeah, or get them tattooed with the Wayne Foundation. <laughs> collars and leashes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> Shave the Wayne Foundation uh, into his friend of their fur. <laughs> Die the that fur. That was a book. That wasn't a children's book. It's the box. Uh, do you guys have that over there in the UK? I know. Uh, or children's which books. You, which one of you that? Um. Which one of you grew up in Florida for a little while? That was me. Yeah. Scott. Okay, no, Sean. One... Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm Scott. So, <laughs> no. Excuse me. Okay, so um, the in America we have um at least a certain generation has this series of books called the Boxcar Children. Yes, I remember that. All right. Well, in the very first book, the youngest boy clips the dog's fur and clips. Uh, they find this like stray dog, and he like takes scissors and he uh cuts his sister's initials into the dog's fur. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, hey. it, this is a kid's story like, you're saying. This is a children's book, and oh it really God. happened. That's what just made me think of. Oh, and it, it really happened. It's not just a fairy tale. It's just well, a, it yeah, is it's a like, fairy tale. Oh, okay. Fair, okay, that's, that's good better. Okay, what if the prim- okay, not to get off John Wick, but what the premise of the book is, is that these four kids are, like, orphaned, and they go live in a boxcar train. Okay. And it's the four of them, and it's like a, a, an older brother, an older sister, a younger brother, a younger sister, and mm. like they go and like they find like broken like teapots and cups and stuff, and like they live on their own for what seems to be a very long time during okay. the book. Um, and then they have, of course, in the very fairy tale aspect, I'll give you that they have like some kind of rich like grandfather that just suddenly shows up. That's like, <laughs> I'm gonna take care of you now. Oh, and for the rest of the series, like, they live really rich, and they just go do stupid, you know, like, Nancy Grant's group, yeah, you know, party okay. boys kind of stuff. Gotcha. They have a lot of mysteries they go and solve with their, you know, oh. the, their rich... Encyclopedia family. Brown. <laughs> but in the first book, like, they're living all poor inside of a boxcar, and this li- the littlest kid, like, cuts the initials of his sister into the dog's fur and thinks it's, like, so awesome. <laughs> Okay. He didn't even use a razor. He used scissors. So how <laughs> accurate is that going to be? Ah, uh, no, nah, that you know, that's fairy tale. Yeah, you exactly. Only, you at least need a you know a shaver of some sort or uh, yeah, some precision or tools. Some kind of scalpel. No <laughs> chainsaw. <laughs> Ooh. I was gonna say we didn't say we we're gonna like mutilate the dog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah good point. Yeah. This isn't The Walking Dead now. <laughs> no, it's not. And you don't want to be the villain of the John Wick story. <laughs> no, because yeah. John Wick will kill you for certain. There's no question about that. That's okay. the thing oh, about man. John Wick. That's the whole thing about John Wick. It's like imagine that. Okay, you remember Keanu Reeves for for Scott who hasn't seen the movie. Um. 
you remember the Matrix films? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he, love he, them. He remember how he's like, I have kung fu. I know, I know kung, kung fu. fu. Yeah. Well, in the John Wick series, it's more like. I know how to assassinate people with guns. Okay. Right, <laughs> lots, okay. I, know to, I know how to assassinate lots and lots and lots of people at one time using guns. I know guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and it's always like double tap the chest and then to be sure, one to the what head. And then it? you yeah. have to be double sure a couple of more. Typical assassination, sent a mass head. Done. Yeah. Now, I will say I have watched the movie that enough. That um, because I've shown it to several people, so I've watched the movie enough that I've taken the time to count the shot numbers wow, to make sure God. that they did not screw up, and they didn't. And I really enjoyed the fact that the clip changes when he has to take the time to change his clip out. It's realistic. It's like in real time, the way changing out a clip really should be, to where you have about a ten fifteen second window where someone can kill you. Wow, you are That's a really dedicated fan. <laughs> Well, most of the time when you have movies like this that are action and really mm. focused on guns and, and a bunch of people getting slaughtered at once, it's it they tend to not be realistic. Yeah, and it's like sometimes they fire three shots, they have to reload, you know, like, what? And then sometimes they fire 20 rounds, you know, like, your gun has a 16-round, <laughs> like, yeah, chamber. You just I'm mentioned that earlier, but you fire 20 shots. What's going on? And then they reload. Well, but it's kind of like what I talked about in our zombie yeah, apocalypse yeah, yeah, yeah. with The Walking Dead and the never-ending ammo. It's Whoa, like, okay. okay, this did get this issue you got addressed in Walking Dead, but we'll hit that later. But yeah, carry on. <laughs> Carry on. No, but, <laughs> yeah, okay. no, no, I, no, I, what I'm saying, in this movie, which makes sense, because the, just to let anybody in the audience know who doesn't know, mm. uh, this movie uh, is meant to be a trilogy. And, um, oh, okay. now I do, I'm sorry, what? No, sorry, I was just agreeing with you, saying, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. what my theory is, based on some of the hint arounds that they did, because they obviously, I think that it's, I don't know this for sure, but it seems kind of obvious the way the movie's written, the way the plot's written, is that it can be a standalone movie. Hmm. It doesn't have to be a trilogy. But they leave so many, like, they, they tell a lot of stories, like a lot of backstories. And there's some um, speculation on the internet, because no information's available yet. So there's some speculation on the internet that the second movie's actually going to be a prequel. Because he, uh, at, at, during, at one point, I did post this, um, to my Twitter account at Jamie Walton. Um, but you can YouTube it as well, look at, or just Google it. There's a scene, um, uh, uh it's named on YouTube. It's called, uh, Baba Yaga scene. Uh, Baba Yaga is Russian for boogeyman, which is what they call John Wick throughout it. The movie yeah. is, uh, Baba Yaga. And, Although uh, it's more than the boogeyman. That's what they say. He's not the boogeyman. He's the one that we send to kill the boogeyman. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's the scene where they explain, like, um, who John Wick is. The, the bad guy is explaining to his son, uh, who kills, uh, John Wick's dog and steals his car in the beginning of the movie. He, uh, his dad's explaining to him why it's such a problem because the kid's like, uh, it's the kid. You guys, you both watch Game of Thrones, right? Uh, I do. Scott stopped. Scott stopped, but he might have seen the king. I know he's had to, if he watched it at all, he had to see the character. Um, yes. the, um, I'm pulling up his name right now. Hold on. I'm, a, um, I'm, I'm um, only season Alfie, behind. Alfie Allen. He yeah. plays 
Theon Greyjoy on Game of Thrones, the one that uh, loses his Johnson, gets tortured, and, and gets gets oh, his yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, man, that dude went some through some shit. Yes, he plays and now this... he's angry. Now he's in New York, and he's well, really angry. Think? yeah, I can understand. I'll be pissed off too. <laughs> <laughs> he still has daddy issues, like he has in Game oh, of Thrones. Yeah. Did right. you notice that he okay. had both, both in Game of Thrones and in this movie? He has a very powerful father that he goes and he's constantly, he's like trying to placate and try to gain his love of and is rejected by both fathers. What does that well, say? Well, the only reason he was rejected by his father and John Wick is because he really fucked up bad. Well, no, because he, when he, when, uh, the father's talking to John about his son, he seems to intimate that his son's a large disappointment to him. Yeah, because yeah, it does say, end. doesn't he, that, you know, you got your wife, I got my son. Yeah, you got the better got, end. You got the better deal in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, what happens in this Baba Yaga scene is that he, um, the, the bad guy's explaining to his son. He's, uh, saying, look, kid, we know John Wick. He's, he used to be part of our, uh, organization and, uh, he's retired now. And he gives a kind of a backstory, a real generalized backstory that's like three sentences long about how John got out and how he released him from service. So there's a lot of speculation that this is going to be the next either that the next movie will be a prequel showing how John gets out of the organization, but also showing him functioning within the organization, because you got to figure the timeline of events where he leaves, goes and gets married and has a normal life with his wife, mm. it's only a five-year period. So it's Why not like they, well, but it's not like they have to like alter any of the characters' looks. They can bring back dead people, like people that were killed in the first movie. They can bring back those actors. And I will say this: um, John Leguizamo appears in the first movie very shortly as a very small but significant role. Yeah. Um, and, um, I had tweeted that I really hoped that he appears in the next coming two movies because he was very good, but he's only in it for like five minutes. And he, uh, John Leguizamo's Twitter account favorited it that. So, um, maybe that's an indication that he is going to be in the future movies. I would hope maybe. so. I really liked his character. I liked his character. Yeah, ca- wasn't he? He was like totally badass for what little he was actually in the movie. Yeah. To give to give Scott some context, John Leguizamo plays. Um, he he has an auto body shop, but he a chop um, shop. He obviously is running a chop shop there, and he works with the bad guy. Yeah. And that what happens is is the son who steals John Wick's car and oh, kills dear. his dog in the process too. Oh no. Um, no, yeah, not the dog. he goes to um he go he goes to the chop shop to sell the car and we're kind of given this pretext because uh John Leguizamo's character gets all freaked out. He's like, "Where'd you get this car from?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just stole it." He's like, "What happened to the owner? Did you kill him?" And he's like, "No, nah, I I just uh I I just fucked him up real bad and I killed his dog. He's like, uh, and John Leguizamo like starts laughing. He's like, ha ha ha, yeah, yeah you fucked up his dog, huh? You fucked yeah. up. <laughs> Sucker punches the guy, just like hard. So it's very obvious that he's taken serious offense to this particular car theft, despite the fact that he runs a yeah, shop. Yeah, this is like in the very first what fifteen yeah, minutes. Fifteen minutes of the movie. 
Yeah. Like they're setting you up to to this Baba Yaga scene where we get this backstory of who John Wick is, mm. just and, how badass he is. I mean, at one point, the dude tells his son, he's like, "I once watched John Wick kill three men in a bar with a pencil, a <laughs> fucking pencil." <laughs> and so I'm oh. sitting here thinking, okay, if they're gonna do prequel. What perfect way to do it then to have this description and that be like one of the main fight scenes that they show us happening because they tell us about it, but we don't get to see any of it. They don't like back cut to it or anything. Uh, it's oh, just they, you know he left a shit ton of bodies behind him. <laughs> yeah. And that's the yeah, well, that's the that's the, that's, the, that's the last portion that the dad says is that um John the, the way that John got out is he made a deal with him. He said I gave him an impossible task a task that nobody could could do and he did it and the he, the quote he uses is um the bodies he buried that day laid the foundation of what we are now wow and um there's a character in the movie that doesn't appear a whole lot that um is John's friend like the only friend John has hmm. yeah william and, defoe um, william defoe oh whoa and, yeah and he um he's really awesome in this movie because you're really not sure whose side he's on and what he's doing like what his his motivations are um this whole movie you have to understand that the, the, what's cool about this movie what makes it so different than everything else is that this network that this russian guy's talking about is like this network of professional assassins and they work within their own society almost they have their own currency um, the cops show up to John's house after he qu- he kills like 12 people sent to kill him. And, um, the cops show up and the cops are, the cops just like, Hey, John, what's going on? You, uh, what's what- up, Jimmy? Yeah. John obviously knows him and the cop sees bodies, dead bodies strewn all over John's house. And he's just like, Oh, uh, you working again? And he's like, yeah, I'll leave you to it. And the cop leaves. So yeah, like, no drama, no calling. Yeah, for backup no or anything. shit. It's like the cops know what the gig is, and they're like, "Peace out, homie." Yeah, we're, we're just gonna stay out of this, you know. So it's obvious that this network is um really, really large. First of all, and uh, it, it very detailed in the sense of how they operate. There's a a hotel that exists in New York City, the Continental, where if they go there, it's considered neutral ground. Nobody kind of like Highlander and Holy Ground. Yeah, like yeah. you can't kill anybody, you can't fight anybody, you have to, you, no contracts can be fulfilled on continental grounds, otherwise incurring high penalties. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And, and they show you in the movie what the penalties are if you violate those those terms. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about it is William Defoe at one point, the bad guy refers to him as part the last of the old guard. And um mm. so that combined with his comment that John late that the bodies that John buried that day when he was trying to get out on this impossible task, that it laid the foundation for this guy to kind of be in charge. That tells me that there is a backstory about another group running this sort of assassin organization. And that this Russian decided to take over and John Wick is the one who made it possible. And I think that that's the story we're going to see next. I think you're probably right. Did you get the impression? Because I I didn't the first time, but I did on the the last couple of times I watched it that 
the the Russian that was in charge was also an assassin at some point, and then oh, yeah. eventually yeah. rose to power. Yeah, yeah. he was a, an assassin on the caliber that Marcus was, William Defoe's character. Yeah, um, and that's why he referred to him as the last of the old guard. Is those were the two guys that I guess essentially came up to destroy the Templars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah get the joke. Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely say he was, especially in the way that um, the final scene comes down between him and Keanu Reeves, is he uh, he says, no guns, John, no guns, and yeah. he, he forces it. No guns it or bullets. Be, uh, no guns, no, exactly, no guns, no bullets, so he forces it to be a hand-on-hand combat situation, so yes, I would say by that, just instinctually, there's no real other evidence of it because he orders so many other people to kill for him. Um, and even, and even showing throughout, there's, um, two different scenes where it shows him punching, uh, first punching Keanu Reeves, and he has serious pains in his hand, and then yeah. when he's, um, beating up William Defoe's character, they show him icing his hand repeatedly after punching him. So that gives me the sense that he, even though he might have been an assassin once, he's definitely got some physical disabilities going on that he needs to be in power in order to stay on top. He can't physically, he's not like John, where he could keep himself in power just by sheer will. He needs these other people to be around him doing the fighting for him because he's not physically capable of it anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, or he's been so far removed from the front lines that he's just gotten rusty as fuck. Well, no, but he's, the guy's old, too. It's not like he's young. His son's gotta be, I mean, he's got, an, because remember, um, the, the son, Yosef, has, uh, it, they, now they seem to intimate that this is almost like a half-brother, but he's got that older brother that's like right. kind of taken, they show him just a few times and he's kind of like taking care of him and he's very all like almost, um, pissed off about the idea that he's got to take care of this annoying younger brother. Right. So this dude, this Russian guy, the bad guy, has to be of a certain age. Especially given William Defoe's age, even though he's aged well, he he's old. So, I mean, in comparison to the rest of the characters. I was actually going to note that, that Keanu Reeves is getting ready to turn 51 in September. Holy shit. Never yeah. know that from this movie. Oh yeah, my hey, god, talk he about so much yeah. older than me. He looks amazing. Yeah, he looks way all the way. Like, I mean, this guy, I mean, and what little he has aged from a woman, I know you guys won't agree with this, or at least probably not from a woman's perspective, he's only gotten better looking. Oh, like, I don't no, I completely <laughs> agree. <laughs> you guys agree? Oh, no, yes. definitely, yes. Thank you, thank you. I, I didn't know if that question would be weird. <laughs> Chase says nothing. He's no. just like not commenting. Okay. I would say that for his age, he has aged very well. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, the the, the only other point that I would really like to make about um, John Wick, just so people will be even more interested in it, is there was a little bit of cyclical nature about this that I thought was really cool, but Mm. not pointed out enough in the movie is that in the beginning of the movie, in the very beginning, when his wife is dying, they show she's dying of cancer. um, He chooses to have the the plug pulled on her life support. They show him giving the doctor the order to pull the plug and her dying and him being with her. And that's one of the moments that he really emotes on. That's why Chase was noting that he was not wooden in this movie at all. Mm. Really looked 
like he was looking down at his wife dying in front of him. But anyway, he um he chooses to pull the plug on his wife, and in the end of the movie, um because his dog gets killed, of course, he ends up at a veterinarian's office or some kind of you know ASPCA kind of place, you know yeah. whatever, and he's fixing his own wounds. Um, and that's why he's there, but he also notes that there's a dog that on the outside of the cage, and it's only there for a couple of seconds, but if you read what it says, it, the note on the outside of the cage says that the dog is due for extermination the next day, and that's the dog he chooses to take with him. So for me, it almost read like, look, he had to put his wife down, so he was going to make sure that he saved this dog's life. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's... This, it's- on, on the on the surface, it's just a, it's a it's a straight action film, but you watch it and you get into it, and it's actually got some really, really good themes to it. Um, it does. It's yeah. strong for an action movie. The plot is super strong, and it's also yeah. not a copy of another movie, which no. I really enjoyed. Yeah. When and I like originally that, watched it, I thought it would be as all action movies are, just with copies of one another. Yeah, I think it's because the, the his motivation, while on one level, it's so simple. Um, you know, he's pissed off that his, his dog got killed and his car got stolen, which are the two things he's got left. But then as you watch it, um, and you can pick up on it right away, but he says it himself at a certain point in the film that what really happened is they took away his chance to grieve. Yeah. That's yeah. what they've done. They've, they've removed that possibility for him. So yeah. and for the longest time, he was trying not to get dragged back into the business. He was trying to make it personal and then making it personal he ended up having to make it business again. Yeah, exactly. And Scott, just to give give you some context there, because we've, we've talked about the fact that these guys just stole his car and killed his dog. Sure. Um, uh, I can't believe it. I just saw, um, uh, when I looked up John Wick on uh, IMDb, the first picture that comes up is Keanu Reeves just like holding up the puppy dog, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, and it's heartbreaking to love the, like, they killed off that fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. Brutal about showing the dog being dead. And the exactly. dog's always supposed to make it in movies. Yeah, not this one. Not this one. No, they want you to feel for this. You want they want you to feel for not only for him but for the dog, in the sense of it's a puppy. It's not even just a dog. Oh, it doesn't a, even grow up old. They, it, it dies as a puppy. Yeah. Right. Oh my it's god! Like this gets worse and worse. Like Dog like literally days after he's buried his wife, like the day after he buries his wife, he gets his puppy, and then like the day after that, they steal his car and kill his dog. So oh not even two days is, or maybe three days has passed since he's buried his wife. They jacked his car and they killed his puppy, Sons and it's all over bitches. like a, a an imagined slight because he happens to run into these guys at a gas station, yeah, filling up, and the the. The, random the, meeting. And they just yeah, random randomly meeting. get a hard-on for his car. Yeah, one of them says, oh, it's a really nice car. How much? He's like, it's not for sale. And yeah. then in Russian, they say to him, you know... How much is your car? Now, everything's <laughs> got a price, bitch. And he responds yeah. in Russian, saying... Oh, nice. Yeah, so us as the audience, not knowing yeah, who... Yeah, so right off the bat, that, you get, oh, this dude knows like, Russian. How the fuck does this guy know Russian? Yeah. Like, we're immediately... Pe- Our interest is immediately peaked, because this is within the first 15 minutes of the film. Well, so we're all sitting the audience half, yeah. the first time watching going like, wait a second, how does this dude with this really awesome car know Russian? Mm. You know, like, and what does that have to do with his dead wife? Yeah. You know, like it, it, like you're, 
basically until you get to the Baba Yaga uh, scene with, that I was de um, describing between the father and the son, which is about 20, 25 minutes in, uh, the audience is sitting very much trying to figure out what the hell is going on and who the hell is John Wick is. Mm. And that's what's so cool about the Baba Yaga scene is that you get this like backstory because the, the, with the picture that they're painting is that all these bad guys, these really deep hardcore bad guys are terrified of John Wick. Yeah. Like, it's just like, wait a second. It's like, what? They're not threatened. They're not threatened by him at all. They're, they're, they are threatened. They are threatened by him. And they're very scared of him. And they're like, you messed with the wrong person, kid. Like, yeah, we know you just stole a car. And yeah, you did just kill the, the dog. And the dad even says at one point to the son, he's like, it's not about what you did. It's about who you did it to. Mm. And that's what really starts pulling the audience in is like, oh, really? Who is John Wick? Tell us, please. And when he starts telling the story, like this guy just, you know, he's such a badass assassin that he could kill th three guys in a bar with just a pencil. And and the guy even and it goes on and he says, a fucking pencil. It's just like, it's, just, they make it so clear, like, even he's impressed. The bad guy, the big bad guy is like so impressed by John's skills. And the, the kid's like, well, don't worry, dad, I'm going to make this right. And the dad's just like, well, how are you <laughs> he starts no, laughing, like, how are you going to do that? And he hugs his son. He's like, oh, Yosef, 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 you haven't been listening. You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do. And then the last You're thing fucked. he says to him, the last thing he says to him, he's like, John will come for you. That's it. That's it. There's nothing you can do. He's like, there's, a, he tells him, there's nothing you can do. So just get the fuck out of my sight. Yeah. I don't want to be dragged down into your shit, boy. And, he, and that's literally what it boils down to. Like about three fourths of the way through the movie is like the dad being forced into a situation like, look, Either you give me your son or I'm going to kill you too. And he's, and he gives his son over. He gives the location of his son over because he's, he doesn't want to fucking die and he knows John will kill him. Well, that's after he's pretty much killed all of his dudes. Yeah, that is probably after John kills approximately like a hundred people in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's not a like long film literally either. right at, at the end and then he goes and kills all of dudes. All of his son's protectors, including his son. And then dude decides, well, you know what? That's not quite enough because, you know, your homeboy Marcus fucked me over. Well, now I'm going to fuck you over. William Defoe's, William Defoe's character yeah. is Marcus. Yeah. It's, it's, uh. It, it's, it's such a, it's a complicated movie, but like while we were talking about it being, how you, are, you were talking about it being deeper. If that, yes. if you go back, that it can be just an action movie or, it can be a movie that's really, really deep. Um, there's several times throughout the movie that you can tell that within the plot, whoever wrote this, I don't know who the writer is, but whoever wrote this was obviously extremely intelligent in the sense of the way they were writing it and the way that they wanted it to be emotionally deep if you started peeling back the layers. And um, I think that there's several scenes that you, that that's very evident in if you start picking up on just the little nuances of it. Um, the fact that he, um, the bad guy at one point says to John, he says, we were once professionals, you know, we were civilized people. They yeah. almost make their, they almost make their assassination job sound like, it, you know, like this is just normal. This is okay. And as long as we work within the confines of the rules, 
there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. That makes you even more interested into it. Like, I want to find out more about what's going on. So I'm going to go ahead and give a prediction. I gave my prediction that the second movie is going to be a prequel talking about John getting out of the system. I'm going to predict it, and this has not been said on the internet as far as I can see, but I'm going to make this prediction personally, that the third movie is going to be him taking the whole organization out, just ending it. And that's the way he's going to have closure so he can go on with his life. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I would agree. So I think we've got a prequel, and then they'll they'll wrap everything up. Yeah, um, they'll, he'll, he'll take everybody else out and be like, this this whole operation's going to be shut down. Yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. I think, um, I did pick up a little piece of trivia. I'm not sure if it's on, on, on your list there, Jamie, which was, um, I, um, um, on, he's got a tattoo on his back. I think it's in, uh, Hawaiian or something. Or Latin. Um, Fortis Fortuna, uh, Aduvat. Yeah, I can. Ref- I think it was that one, but or there was another tattoo he's got. But it basically intimates to the fact that he was a former marine. Or oh, okay, yeah, you're talking about another tattoo. Okay, yeah. he has several tattoos on his back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it but it, 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 what it is is it's the motto of the Marine Corps base in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. So they 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 play it into because of of Keanu's uh, Hawaiian. Um, that oh that's, cool. oh that's cool see i am i'm looking at that uh, at that piece of information and just so people so the list audience can understand this for this latin that he has across his back the fortis fortuna out of aduvat um which is the motto used by the third battalion third marines based in uh hawaii uh means fortune favors the bold yes. yep yeah so i would i i hope that in the backstory um, that they, they can touch upon that in terms of like, you know, he was a, because he does have, he has this code as far as, I mean, that they, he lives within the, in the confines of the, this assassin's creed, if you will. Um, yeah. where, um, what's his that? Ian McShane's character, who seems to kind of be the one that runs the Continental. Um, you follow the rules within the Continental, but you also don't, you don't narc on your fellow assassins or anything like that. There is, these rules and it would make sense coming from the marines having all that training and then going into something like that where um you you got another set of rules to follow so it's a good fit for that character it'd be nice to see that side of a backstory as well right i'd also like to see some if not in the second one but in the third one a little bit of um more backstory as to the continental and the assassin organization on the whole not just how um john wick himself got out but how it actually um interplays with the assassin order yeah that's true and like local government and authorities and stuff yeah how they turn their backs on him like oh okay you're just cleaning up business well you have a good night john you too jimmy you know how the cops pretty much ignore this shit yeah exactly yeah it did you know there's there's a lot of gunfire, a lot of uh, shooting, a lot of death, and you never once see, like, the police respond to any of these situations. Except at the very beginning when they show up at John's house. Yeah. And they're like, you working again, John? <laughs> no, nah, just, just wrapping up some business. Stuff yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, see you, John. All right, see you, Jimmy. All right, before we wrap this up, just, uh, I'm not going to read all these because some of these are, are more about, um, 
people working together on different movies and stuff, like all the different connections between Keanu Reeves' movies, different people that he's worked with before. John Constantine and John Wick. Uh, yeah, well, um, there, but there, there actually is, um, there's some interesting stuff here. Um, mm. the, uh, this is, um, according to Keanu Reeves himself, he did about 90% of his own stunts for the film. I, I can believe, believe that. that. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, the director of the movie is Keanu Reeves' stunt double from the Matrix movies. Oh, uh, wow. Directors. There's two directors, and they were both well, his stunt doubles. Chad Stileski. Uh-huh. Um, evidently that's his stunt double from the Matrix movies. He was one of the directors in the film. Awesome. Um, yeah, so talk about, uh, moving up in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keanu they also Re- had a part in writing the story. They didn't write the entire story, but they had a hand in crafting the story. This is really impressive. Keanu Reeves learned and memorized the nightclub fight sequence the day of the film, the day that the scene was shot. Wow. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's, it looks like it's a, a very long cut. Um, I think it, it just is. edits, it, edits together movie. really well. It's not, it's not, it's not one of those action sequences where it's like, shot 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 from different angles it's literally one very long cut or uh, that's how it appears yeah um again i can like believe everything that. flows from from the when he kills the first dude after letting francis go everything after that just flows all the way up until uh um yosef gets away it's just seamless it is yeah um, according to the director's commentary, when they shot the top-level nightclub fight sequence, Keanu Reeves had the flu and was running a fever of 104 degrees. Whoa. Oh, that's dedication. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, no, that probably uh, plays into his performance, because as you're watching it, he, you know, he's having to take on, I don't know, he probably kills 20 guys, 30 yeah. guys the course of that, and he's Solid. jumping and rolling around, having, you know, kind of hand-to-hand fights. Um, and, and he seems uh, to look a little wore out. Yeah, at, at a certain point, he does look fatigued, which would make sense. And so his 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 flu, his fever, probably played into that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it probably helped with the character looking. I guess the um people that do the makeup uh, effects didn't have to worry as much that day. Nope. Right. <laughs> Uh, the one last I'm going to read, um, cause there's a lot of these here and a lot of them, like I said, are mostly just kind of notating, you know, people who work together and stuff. Mm. Very interesting, um, factoid for gamers out there. Ooh. Uh, the character of John Wick is also a playable character in the video game Payday 2. Oh. He was added to the game two days before the movie's widescreen release. Oh. Wow. Wow. See, I work in this industry. Not even, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a plug. That's interesting. It is, yeah. I yeah. find that extremely interesting. I've always wanted to check out Payday 2. Now yeah. you got a really good reason to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Play as a criminal and like rob some banks and stuff as John Wick. Yeah. Can't well, protect, the, protect the local um, canine. I'd uh, like just society. to see Keanu Reeves <laughs> yeah. as a video game character. Like, I know they did the Matrix and stuff, but that was so long ago, and technology's mm. so much better now. I'd like to see a new version of Keanu Reeves as a video game character. 
He plays so many action roles. It just makes sense. They should just make a video game about him. Just him alone. Yeah, him alone in verse. Or they could make a video game about him in real life, where you ride on subways in New York and you're really polite. Oh yeah, what a great video that was. You let a lady sit down while you stand up. Yeah, you're a super polite person. You get you get achievement points for how polite you are to yeah. people going to, going to New York. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what Keanu Reeves like the game real life game would be is how polite can I be? How right. how normal can I be? Because you just the fact that I'm an A list actor and I should be taking a car service somewhere. I'm riding the subway in New York. Yeah. Right. What, he's always so polite and he's always like people make fun of him is because he's quiet and stuff and he doesn't like really feed into the whole paparazzi thing but i think mm. that's cool like he almost like he seems very normal i remember at one point sandra but when him and sandra bullock did that movie Spade. um the lake house uh, the lake house yeah when they teamed up again for the lake house yeah. um she had noted the reason that both of them signed on for that very strangely written movie um <laughs> very surreal you know out of out of uh, not in real life kind of movie fantasy kind of movie yeah, um, because that of the reason thing, that yeah. we both signed up for it was that that he doesn't ha- own a computer and this is like 2005 Whoa. he doesn't own a computer he doesn't use email he doesn't even really use a cell phone and evidently they correspond all the time but they only do it by letter like wow. actual written letters to one another like he really is kind of one of the last of the old guard. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. shit. It's like, like no offense to my husband because like he's on the podcast and everything, but I'm so in love with Keanu Reeves. Oh, me too. And yeah, like uh, he seems yeah. just like this awesome person. Sean can back me up. Like since day one of this podcast, I, we've thrown out there like the <laughs> the celebrity list you like to sleep with. And right. we did a gay list as well because, like, why not? Um, yeah, I'm happy. That's, that's I'm, so great. Yeah, I'm comfortable with my sexuality that I'd be like, well, if I was gay, okay, let's look at it. Came up yeah. with a list. Keanu Reeves has always been on it, so yeah, I, I would say he's, <laughs> he's probably on my number one on my straight list. Oh wow, yeah. number one. That's pretty yeah, big. Like, if I got to, to to quote another movie, if I got a hall pass. So uh-huh. to speak, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because I totally did not watch that. That movie looks so stupid. I did not watch it. I haven't watched it either. It does look ridiculous, but uh, no. but I totally got the premise just from watching the trailer. Um, <laughs> I would say that Keanu Reeves is probably the only person I would be interested because I'm not really. I don't think about things in that way. Like I don't fantasize about other people besides Chase. So. I guess if I had yeah. to pick somebody to cheat on Chase with, if he was cool with it, it would totally be Keanu Reeves. Uh, fair enough. And you heard now, it here on this gay, podcast. Now I could come up with a gay list faster than I could come up with a straight list. Wow. Ooh, this is interesting. That's yeah, funny. that's the funny thing. Honestly, yeah. like just to get, if we want to go ahead and segue off the John Wick topic, I could come up with a female gay list instantly. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Uh, um, Angelina Jolie, <laughs> oh. obviously. Um, Kira Knightley. Well, um, yeah, okay. I can kind of see that. Charlize Theron. <laughs> Fair play. Um, I think you're picking actors that Scott hates. <laughs> what? I think you're picking actors that Scott doesn't like. 
Oh, which shit. is funny. Oh. No, no, it's fine. Carry oh, no, on, it's carry on. It's your list. Uh, yeah, it's your list. list. Yeah, please go for Lawrence. That means that he's not going to be making a play for the chicks that I want to be with. It's true. <laughs> oh, Fair totally game. not. <laughs> the complete opposite, it seems. Right. <laughs> well, who's on your who's on your female list? <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Oh, ew! <laughs> ew! With her 90s friend's haircut? Any kind of haircut yeah, is fine. She, she could be bald. I don't like blondes at all. She's not blonde. Either sex. Is she? She's not blonde. She's as blonde as... She's sort of blonde. She's as blonde as I am. She's, a, she's blonde enough. Okay. Sort of. Um... um I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to have a look at the list here. I, I know most of them off the top of my head. Rona Mitra. Who? Rona Mitra. Uh, she is in the series Last Ship. She was in... Sean, help me out here. I've lost my uh, list because of the wipeout that I had on my iPad. Uh, have, you, have you watched the Underworld films and the, the prequel one yeah. that took place? So the, the, the one that not the pre- I saw the films, but not the prequel. Okay, so the prequel one. <laughs> so the one that doesn't I have Kate Beckinsale. I just not think I can't Google this. What's her name again? Rona R H O N A. Okay. And Mitra M I T R A. She was in Hollow Man, Last Ship. Some other stuff as well. Yeah, Doomsday, um, yeah. Highwayman. Okay. Well, yeah. Sadly, well, everybody well, I put on my gay list would be pretty much all cyclist. <laughs> with the, with the exception of a couple of people. <laughs> Which that just all that says is that you want to have sex with yourself. What? Oh, totally. <laughs> he comes number one. Wow. Like you're, everybody's body type is it? Like if you don't look at their faces, cyclists all have the same exact body type as yours. So that just tells me that you have a gay fantasy of wanting to have sex with yourself. Something Great like that. Go there. You I have know. an awesome ego there. I do. <laughs> I know you do. I'm married to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm looking at this Rona Mitra's picture. I don't recognize her, but I would put her on my gay list. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. That being said. I don't said... know who she is, but she's, um, oh, it says that she, the way that she, um, got a career is she was a model and she came to prominence as the original Lara Croft model for the game. Yeah. Well, that's better than a blowjob on uh, an internet video. So yeah. I'll give her credit for that. Uh, okay, <laughs> that, they, that went on a different course, but okay. Yeah, but this, no, this yeah, that kind of just took me off course there for a second. Like, wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> no, yeah, she did get that 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 role because, like, uh, yeah, she does. To be fair, if you um, if you go back to the, I, I want to say like the earliest nineties look of um Lara Croft. I mean, I lost um interest at some point. I I I when as far I as she looked like because i can remember yeah. I was, when Lara Croft was originally coming out i was a teenager so yeah my, right yeah i, had, I, I had a lot of male friends and they would um put it, the game in and instead of playing the game they would obsessively zoom in on like her body parts because you could do yeah. that i'm not sure what that is about and it kind of like i well i lost interest in the whole Lara Croft thing very quickly because i never found them as fulfilling as the like indiana jones games and obviously, I grew up with Indiana Jones. Lara Croft, back then, it was all just like, you know, oh, she does the same thing, but she's got big boobs. And <laughs> That's all she was, though. Yeah, and that... that That's that, all it was! That never clicked with me. I was just like, whoopty fucking do It's not Indiana Jones, though, is it? 
So I never got onto that bandwagon. Um, <laughs> give me some Harrison Ford. Screw <laughs> yeah, Angelina give me Jolie. a yeah, give me a whip and a hat already. Jeez. <laughs> and after now, all, <laughs> if, if if she had had a whip, would it made you feel better? Oh, probably not, because it's still not Indiana Jones. It's not. Even the last couple of Indiana Jones they did, it didn't have the Harrison Ford voice. It was close to it, to be fair. But you had to like the look, the feel for it, the whip, the hat, the outfit. It oh, all looked cool, but Lara Croft is like, no, I can't. She's stuck up British, posh, treasure hunting, despite the fact she's already a billionaire or something. <laughs> Fuck off. No need for it. Whereas Harrison Ford, no, Harrison Ford, as if he did it. Indiana Jones was always a bit like humble about it. You know, it was about... The principle it was, of it. It was about Indiana Jones obtaining uh, something for a museum illegally. Yeah, uh, and uh, just getting them, just kind of stealing them and giving them to his museum. Yeah, so there was kind of like a principle you know behind that's, it. Like really frowned upon, right? Yeah, but she was just like, oh, "I'm rich and I'm doing this for sport." Okay, your mic's it's off. like, okay, yeah, fuck off, Lara Croft. Yeah, so. And and again, the big I feel the, the big same way about Lara Croft. I I've never I'm a gamer and I'm I'm really like female characters in games because they happen so infrequently. Hmm. But um, even the I have the updated Lara Croft game yeah. where she doesn't look like um I don't know a porn star. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it. Like no, no, that's fine. Yeah, porn yeah. star. So disproportionate. Look, looking like a bimbo. Mm. Well, no, it's no, it's not even being a. It's not about being dressed risque. It's about her proportions. Her right. proportions are not human-like. I mean, it's one. I mean, I was just reading an article um the other day that was pointing out the um Disney characters, all the Disney princesses, what they would, what people would look like in real life if they had the um characteristics of the disney characters which is to have extremely tiny waists like to where you couldn't yeah. have organs you could only have right. a i mean you could have a spine and that's about it you can grab them with one hand and oh, they yeah. also pointed out that their eye yeah you can do that with them <laughs> yeah. uh, and you, they Spinners. also the oh <laughs> uh, you had to go there uh, <laughs> There's a there's a long running joke about that with us. Um, the uh, Disney princesses' eyes are also oh, they're massive. They're so huge. Yeah, is they so they were pointing out what those princesses would look like in yeah. real life if they the were doe eyes. <laughs> yeah. They also pointed out what people would look like if they had the Disney princess contours and uh, uh, characteristics. And people looked so scary looking. Mm. I think the name of the article was, if you looked like a Disney princess, people wouldn't be attracted to you. Wow. And, it, and it's true. Like, the people looked like almost like aliens. Like, they look, they, the way that they had photoshopped it to pull their waists in so thin yeah. and made their eyes so big. They looked very, like, they didn't look attractive. They looked scary. You know, I gotta, um, kind of agree with this. And I, I'm gonna put a disclaimer out there straight away saying that I've never looked at a Disney character and gone, holy shit, she's hot. Except for one character. But. And which Disney, one's that? Disney or cartoon? <laughs> oh, cartoon. Yeah, I think I'm gonna which say one's that? Here. It's, uh, Meg from, uh, uh Hercules. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, she's hot. All Paul... the movies, really, the one that nobody likes. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I I get that a lot from people, and they're just like, really? Horrible people? And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, and maybe it's the voice and uh, the accent and the singing, the song, the numbers that she has in the it's movie. Yeah, really I'm a sucker. For... Oh, see, Jamie knows me so well, dude. You don't. She, it's, it's all, <laughs> no, I I've, know I've it. always said from the get go, it's all about the hair, like body. She's I would kill for that. Yeah. Hair. Body, shape, sizes, eyes, it's always about, for me, the number one is hair. A lot of guys like boobs or ass or other stuff. Me, for number me it's one. The eyes. For me, it's the hair first, and then the rest follows in sequence. See why Chase fell in love yeah. with me. He's like, eyes. Eyes. Yeah. You do have the amazing eyes. Do eyes. It, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Years, even after 16 years, he's when I ask him, I'm like, do you, you know, what do you love about me? Instead of like talking about like a, like a personality trait, he'll just be like, I love your eyes so your much. Eyes. Yeah. It's like, you know what? One of these days after 16 years, it'd be really awesome if you were like, you're such a great person. You're so, you, you do such good things <laughs> in the world. No, you're you always such great physical characteristic. Your eyes are still, after six, after 16 years, after 16 years, your eyes are still really awesome. Right. Hey, at least, at least your eyes are still consistent. Yeah. I'm so glad that they've stayed consistent for 16 years and haven't <laughs> yeah. suddenly changed. You know, right? my age hasn't hasn't affected my eyes significantly, so that like they're. Well, doing... I thank you for loving me despite my gray hairs over the last five years. Oh shit! Gray hairs are awesome. I'm telling you to dye your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So at the point I was going to get to is like um yeah, the, the whole Disney the thing. Disney show here in a yeah. Second. <laughs> Sorry. At the um the London Film Comic Con that we had recently, which is like only a fraction of the kind of what you get at San Diego Comic-Con, because obviously being in America, you get like the entire cast and crew of like every show and stuff. make it sound like us in Florida have some kind of experience. Yeah, well, being part of America, you have to take some of the responsibility. It's so far away, and the only way that we see any aspect of it is through the internet the YouTube. same way you do. So, yeah. like, the odds of us so ever going to Comic-Con are, like, so slim. I'm not into big crowds at all. <laughs> oh, God, no, yeah, I'm me like neither. I'm, like, slim to none and slim left town. Yeah, yeah like, I, I'm I completely agree. Into, I'm, I'm not into... The, the big cr- any for even if it was something I like really wanted to be at like yeah. this the crowds the the large I went to Woodstock '99 and that's my only real besides being in New York City that's my only real experience of being around like hundreds of thousands of people in one oh moment my God. and it's really uh it really spikes my anxiety yeah oh, I yeah. get like that around normal crowds but yeah. like that Sean, many people oh my god here we go we should start an anxiety well, podcast it, she, she goes kind of through the same thing that. on my last bike starts where there's hundreds if not close to a thousand people you know that can get to be a bit overwhelming I, yeah like when they're riding in the peloton and they all crash against each other yeah maybe they shouldn't ride so close together yeah i am um... another just once again people need to spread out more there's plenty of room. <clears throat> yeah, I'm. I I, I completely get. Space. I um. Sean will be able to tell you that my like my situation with Sean's just sitting here just like all together talk. Sean, so yeah, Sean. Oh, no, do you want to? Yeah, Sean. I, I, never mind. How about you tell them about my like you know anxiety problems from your point of view, and then I'll get back. To, <laughs> then I'll get back to my Disney story with Comic Con in London. <laughs> Your anxiety from my point of view. Actually, yeah. it wasn't that bad last uh, at the, the Comic-Con that we just went to. You were pretty cool the whole time. 
I was very, very impressed. Thanks, However, man. We, 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 have, we have had times when we've gone to London and and uh, uh, like getting him on on the uh, on the subway or on the, the the underground as they call it here. Um, it can, oh, I could imagine. Yeah, I'd hate can, that too, dude. Really, really packed, and we did wait a couple of times to see. Like, you know, we'll get we'll let a few of them go through. Um, Try to get a few people cleared off the platform, and then and then we'll jump onto the get past the rush track. hour. So hopefully the, the train's a bit like yeah, yeah I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, I'd rather walk. Oh, we can just walk. It's like, dude, it's about yeah. forty-five walk to get there. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, you guys yeah. catch the tube. I'll walk forty-five minutes in open air. I'll meet you there somehow. And they're yeah. like, no, 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 we've all got to go together. Yeah. Like, oh, we're all fuck. walking together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, we I'm all go, or nobody goes. It's like, oh fuck. Well, knows how I am about elevators. If it's a small elevator and more than four people are in it, fuck that shit. I'm taking the stairs. And he will. I, he'll he'll walk like twelve, fifteen flights of stairs to not get on an elevator. Yeah, if there's more than four, if there's more than five people, four or five people, depending on the size of the elevator, fuck that shit. I'm on the stairs. See, yeah, I have hey. to. I could explain like um. From a flight point of view, because obviously that's an issue as well. I could explain, and I have done before. I think you I can... and I talked at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I've thought about it for, but I remember the very first time that I I was in a building that was like more than like four stories high, and I was about like eighteen, nineteen at the time, and we were all invited, like the team that I was with at the time, we were invited to go to the head office, which was in London whoop to do so we went there and stuff and they were like hey champagne here you go and we were like oh yeah that's great and uh uh my department manager came to me and said oh you know because uh, there was a massive press release launch thing going right. on or some bullshit whatever i i didn't really uh remember or know at the time yeah yeah, yeah. i was just like yeah this is cool i don't know what i'm what i'm doing here um but yeah then they they took me uh, there was a massive celebration going on the roof now the roof uh, it was only like literally five stories high, but that's enough. Yeah, but like you know, for uh, most people, well, for everybody else apart from me, that was absolutely fine. But we took the elevator up, and I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of cool, but I can, I kind of like, I don't know if I had like this feeling in my head of like, okay, I know I'm only on the fifth floor, but in my head I was like working out statistics. It was like, okay, so I'm this high up. If something right. happens, that's it. You're fucked. Yeah, and I don't know if it was like wind or something like that, but I swear that I found. Now I found this out later on that like with skyscrapers and stuff, um, they act. The buildings actually move because of like uh, uh, wind variants and things like that. Yeah, buildings are designed to do that. If it's high winds, some of them are designed to flex as much as like six percent. Yeah. Now, so, and if the higher you get, you know, 6% can be a pretty big sway. Well, nobody mentioned anything about being like five stories high and what anything might be, but it really freaked the crap out of me to the I point that bet. the moment I got out of the elevator, I felt like all of this movement, not like through wind, but in the building and stuff like where I was standing, and it felt completely unnatural. I had to actually lay down really? to, yeah, to like kind of get um to grips to yeah yeah to get my bearings yeah and um yeah completely freaked me out and i don't know why i don't know if that's normal if that's uh happened before to many people but yeah heights is a really strange thing where i've stepped out on a um 
edge, if you will, that was reminiscent of the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Holy shit. And upon st- stepping out, it wasn't quite the... It was designed like the Eiffel Tower, but it was two-thirds the height, maybe? That's but it still, was, that's it still was pretty up high. there in the air. Yeah. And I remember upon stepping out, I kind of had to grab hold of the ledge rail right there by the elevator. And it took me a little bit to where I could go out and actually overlook the edge. And the only thing that kept me from absolutely losing my shit was that there was a fence that went up and over by about like eight, ten feet. I mean, right, yeah. That so was the so only your chances thing of falling were very slim then. Basically. Or jumping, yeah. yeah. But it was still nerve-wracking, you know, being right up there on the edge and just looking out over shit. It was just like, wow, I am the fuck yeah. up here. I experienced that just recently. Chase um, was with me. I actually had to force him to help me. Um, one of our clients for the Wayne Foundation was hospitalized, um, and she was sent to a, a, a hospital about an hour from us in St. Petersburg um, via what's called Bay Flight, but it's a, it's a medical helicopter. Mm. So she had no way to get home. So I had told her that I would I would come get her, but the only way to get to this um, hospital, unless you want to drive an hour around it, um, is to go over what's called the Skyway Bridge. I've been on the yeah. bridge. Yeah, and um, fucking huge. Yeah. yeah, and it's very steep. It's it, it's almost like being um you know how when you get in a roller coaster and it first starts climbing. And you're kind of reclined back in your seat at like almost yeah. like a like a forty five degree angle or whatever it is that um, you're really just all you can see is sky. You can't see what's on the other side of the hump. You, you can just see sky, and you know you're going to fall on the other side. I don't have this anxiety with any other bridge that I've ever been on, but going th- on this bridge every time I can do it. I've done it many times in my life because I've lived here for so long um, but when I think about it like if I don't know that I'm going to be riding on it like if it's just a sudden thing like with her, the client calling me I um, I had quite the panic attack thinking about just driving on this bridge to the point where I, I asked Chase to please come with me to St. Petersburg to go pick her up so that he could switch seats with me at the bridge and drive over the bridge for me because I didn't want to have a panic attack on the bridge. I was so <laughs> freaked out. But now on the way, I I'm because I rode over it once on the way back. I was able to drive. I was able to drive. But the whole time, like it, at one point, Chase started to try to talk to me while we were on the bridge, and I just I just started smacking him. And I was just like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> I gotta concentrate. I have to concentrate. <laughs> yeah. I can't." I can't and, think of And it. yet I'm the one driving over, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. and she's just like, you know? shut up, bitch. And you're well, just like, I whoa. Think we discussed on a previous podcast where my son had leukemia, and I, yeah, yeah because we were talking about your cancer. Yeah. Um, and how I used to have to drive over that bridge. Holy three, shit. That's a pretty big uh, bridge. Yeah. Is it? Holy shit. Did it really like, like just dip up like that and then go that's, back down again? When you go up, going down is not scary. Going up, what's why scary? did they not just See, like build this straight? It, it ain't shit. It's like I'm glad that you understand my anxiety. Fuck yeah, yeah it's a crazy bridge. <laughs> 
it's it's terrifying going up that bridge. It's like one going of the, a roller coaster, except you're in control of the vehicle. There is no yeah, need for any road to cut that angle. That's like that is completely unnecessary. Well, there's one <laughs> no, on I-10 that crosses. Chase, you have to let them know that okay, the other bridge that's next to it collapsed. That's why yeah. the bridge looks the yeah, way. Yeah, the old Sunshine Skyway was hit by a tanker and was actually knocked down. Um, there was quite With a bit of loss on, of life. Killed, yeah, killed a bunch of people. That's that's so that's, that's why fine, they built but... the one at such a steep angle and curve. So now the only one no that anybody could hit it. Right, the only one that I can compare close to it. And it may be really close as far as angle, is if you take I-10 west, when you cross the Mississippi, there's a pretty steep bridge there as well. Great, so you're surrounded by steep bridges. Bridge. That's brilliant. I'm looking at your face about this bridge, and your your face is literally <laughs> like my face. Just like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm like... This bridge... <laughs> I'll drive an hour around. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to regret sending you the picture of the bridge, dude. <laughs> it's um over it. He's obsessing over it, looking at it like no, shaking his head like no, no, I won't do this. Really, when you're on it, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. It is that bad. Don't listen to him. It's horrifying. You should never go on it. It's it's a it's just it shouldn't exist. I, if you have okay, I'll say this: if you have vertigo and senses where things that are level don't quite appear level to you, then yeah, you may have oh, issues God, on the bridge. Yeah. But yeah, for me, That's I guess it's because I've just done it so much. That'd be me. I yeah, I only seen like uh, two dimensional thumbs, so that's like me all over, technically. Right. <laughs> That's what it is for me. Is that that, and I think that's why no other bridges affect my anxiety like this one does. Because like I can go, I've been over very very long bridges. I've been through very long tunnels. I mean, at one point, Chase took me uh, on a family vacation to the middle of the woods in Kentucky. Yay! Um, <laughs> and there was a tunnel there that there was only one way traffic, but two two bi-directional. So yeah. you had to literally wait until like the signal came up and said, "Yeah, there's no cars coming from the other direction." Yeah. Cross fingers that you don't kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. thing about Good that luck. tunnel is it, that the badass thing about that tunnel is it was literally blasted out of the rock by it dynamite, is. and they didn't oh. smooth it over. So literally, on it's the sides so of you, you could see jagged rock. It's wow. just a hole in a big side of a mountain that Basically. the road goes through. Yeah, it's not. Like it doesn't that. look like a tunnel. It looks like something that some people in like 1920 carved out, and nobody. But it's. What's gonna say is that what freaks me out about it? It's not the bridge. It's not the height or anything like that. What it is is what happens is is when you're going up the bridge, as far as being the driver. The only thing you can visibly see when you're looking forward is the breast of the bridge up to the peak yeah. and the sky. But if you were to happen to look to the side at the water, or if you accidentally see it in your peripheral, oh my God. water is tilted at the wrong angle. So yeah. if you're used to seeing water being flat and you look over, the water is tilted in a diagonal. 
And that makes me have instant vertigo. And my fear is, is not that I'm going to fall off the bridge or anything. My fear is, is that I'm going to get this vertigo and cause an accident and hurt people. Yeah. That I'm gonna, not, not even that I'm going to hurt myself. My fear is that I'm going to hurt other people by getting disoriented. Right. So when I drive across, if I, if I can get the guts to drive over this bridge, which I have, I just did, and I just did, I, on the second time around, I said, okay, I think I can do this. And what I did is I drove in the left lane as far over as I could away from the water. So I couldn't see it. Yeah. I drove, I'm not kidding with my, cause our, our cars are opposite yours. So I drove with my, uh, right hand, uh, over my eyes so that I, out of the corner of my eye, I couldn't see the water. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Like yeah that. So just like that. Yeah. I drove over the entire bridge like that with one hand on the steering wheel, <laughs> one hand over my eyes. So I can't see the water and Chase starts talking to me and I literally, and I never ever hit him. But I literally start smacking his arm, just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, just don't yeah. talk. Nobody Let me concentrate. Anything. Yes, I have to concentrate on not crashing. Yeah, like she was driving. It's like, well, you I was just say, so you got, do you this. Got one hand here, one hand on the steering wheel. Which hand are you smacking him with? <laughs> oh, she's talking about when we went over the first time. Leg ah, okay. comes up, uh, and she's like, he's getting kicked yeah. in the face. Yeah, kind of nervous about when I went over the bridge. Oh my god, he was like he he was he was tailgating behind people, and I'm like, back off the car, back off the car. You're too close to the next car. Go, stop, stop. I'm a bad passenger. I'm yes. never the passenger, so I'm a really bad passenger. Sean, yes. Sean's a great passenger to have. He doesn't want. <laughs> he doesn't bitch about anything. Do you Maybe... just go to sleep? On long journeys, I will go to sleep. Um, unless it, I, if I'm a passenger in someone's car and I'm sitting in the front, I will try to make a conscious effort not to go to sleep because I feel like a complete dick if they're doing loads of driving and I'm like, yep, see you later. <laughs> to be honest, I'd be pissed off if I picked you up from the station and you fall asleep halfway through the conversation. I'm like, so what are we going to talk about tonight on the podcast? And you're yeah. sleeping? I'd be like, yeah. all right, bitch. My narco, my lar- my narco <laughs> left me. Right. Um, you two are so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's something. Yeah. I, I really want. To, I see now. Like, after all this, I already. I, we will get into TV shows for like a quick. Uh, I don't know, little short while. But I really want to do like a, an anxiety episode with all of you now. Seeing oh, we as, should. Yeah, I have serious anxieties. We should. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Like, yes, I could commit at least two hours to my anxieties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm. Uh, uh, this is coming from the person who can't go in the bathroom without opening the shower curtain. I'll be right back. Can't go into the bathroom. He's got a good check there on the shower curtain. <laughs> opening the shower curtain. Well, That's literally what he's doing. I, you know what? I have to. I, it's not even something I consciously think about. It's literally just something I do. Yeah. Now, if I'm in somebody else's house, I always make sure to shut it back. Okay. But oh, right. I, okay. But if, even in my own house, when I know nobody's here, yeah. I still look behind the shower curtain before I go to the bathroom. That's understandable. Okay. Really. So, so <laughs> you don't. Here. So, but you don't like draw it. You don't have to like close it and open it, sort of thing. You just check in. No, I'm looking behind it. Yeah, so that's fine. To that's make a security sure there's nobody thing. in there after I shut the door. Yeah, I watched yeah. so many horror movies as a child, evidently. No, I've done the same thing myself. 
to be fair. I, it's just a, it's a thing with me. I have a lot of things, but that's one that comes to mind immediately. Oh, I've got a lot of things to and she always makes fun of me for it. Yeah. Is there is there this thing? I mean, because I'm I'm trying to think. I don't I don't I don't have um I can't relate to to the anxiety stuff. I sympathize. But when you when you're going to go check behind the shower curtain, I can just imagine like the, the the adrenaline is pumping a little bit, the heart is beating a bit quicker. Yes. Because for a few seconds you don't know if there's anything there or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Is that, is that I? It's not it, like I said. It, even in my own house, where I've been sitting here all day, mm. and I get up and I go to the bathroom, and there's no way somebody can come in and out of the house without me knowing if I'm yeah. sitting in the living room. But once, so, once the thought's uh, in your head, though, that's it. That's all it takes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's why I say it's subconscious. It's, it's trigger, not something yeah. I consciously think about. I just have to look and make sure that there's nothing there because I have the ant- the anticipation that there is something there. Mm. Right. Like yeah, I said, for me, I guess my anxiety would be mainly work-related. Honestly. Your anxiety, your anxiety is just your life. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you have anxiety about living life, period. Yeah, but for the most part, it's it's work related. I think he has a lot of people yelling him at him at work. His job yeah. is a lot of very irate people. I've no yeah. doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing like answering a call and a customer that's been transferred around the world a million times, and the calls you can hardly hear it because it's bounced back and forth between the Pacific Ocean and us a billion times. Yeah, and the customer's just pissed off all to hell. And they're taking it and out it's on you. All and your saying, fault. Well, I don't mean it personally. It's not anything against you. Yet they're taking it out on you. Yeah. Yeah. I always hate that when it's like you, I hate that when you get that kind of call and it's like, yeah, like, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't mean to come across angry, but I'm fucking angry. And it's just like, right. Oh, right. Okay. Cool. At least I know where we stand. Yeah. Thanks for being fun about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then they're like, they, 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 they bring in the bombardment and just like, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, I completely get where you're coming from, and I, I do. And then th- the worst thing is, is you have to tell the customer, "Well, I'm sorry, but that's not anything we can fix." And then they're even more pissed off and yelling at you. Well, why can't you fix it? And then you got to explain yeah. to them either policy or because I'm not sitting in front of the computer Policies, or whatnot. Procedures, terms, but, conditions. Yeah, with, yeah. With my job, um, the sales department has a tendency to oversell and leave us under delivery. Huh. Like they'll promise the moon to the customer. And you it's as like, well, huh? Uh, <laughs> you're lucky you're going to get a satellite in orbit here. Yeah. Funny. Our um, our sales department se- seems to be the same. <laughs> but the, the, the funny thing is, is for me, is that um, how you were just saying that um, it's very direct, that uh, mm. putting it up front, that if somebody's mad saying, oh, um, by the way, I'm very pissed off. For me, I don't have any anxiety if somebody's pissed off. I, I've been in customer service as a customer service manager. And the customers that got under my skin and made me just have to go take a break and have a cigarette when I got done with them is um, not the customers that were up in my face, but the ones that are passive aggressive. Hmm. The ones that are like being nice, but you can tell that they're really, really pissed off, and they're really like, and they do things, and they they'll say things, they'll the say side comments and shit. Yeah, yeah. They, they'll they'll do like back, they'll they'll say things in a nice way, but it'll be really nasty, and it's just like you know, to me, I'd much rather you be upfront and angry with me, so I know how I I it's very clear what emotion you're feeling, so I know how I should respond. Whereas with someone who's passive aggressive, you're kind of having to like deduce where they're coming from and yeah, what exactly yeah. they're mad about. 
and they're not being upfront about it. They're not being really honest about it. So if mm. you're trying to work with them, it's a little bit harder to gauge how to respond. Whereas if someone's overtly angry, it's like, okay, this person's going thermal. Just be as nice as possible. Try to calm them down. Try to bring them back from the ledge a little bit. Like, you know, hey, we, whatever the problem is, we could try to figure this out. We can we we can work together on this as soon as you stop screaming. Yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. a term I I use a lot in my job is talking the customer back off the ledge because sometimes customers could seem like they're right on that edge ready to just jump off and commit harikari. Like they're ready to just commit suicide and it's like, "No, this shit ain't that serious, you know. Mm. We could get this t- where I draw a problem is when customers start to make things personal against me yeah i mean if they're just talking to generalities yeah yay fine good the other tech pissed you off i'm sorry to hear about that but let's see what i can do to fix it yeah but if they really start to make personal comments that are overtly personal then yeah i got no time for that bullshit we're gonna be in this called quickness yeah that's why i would love to um at some point Obviously, it's only come about through this conversation. Um, I'd love to uh, wish Sean as well, despite the fact that he doesn't suffer from any of this, apparently. Um, he could be the person. <laughs> yeah. He could, he could be the person without anxiety. That's yeah. Just, like, he's, crazy. He could sit there and like judge us and be like, yeah, you're all fucked up. <laughs> I don't judge. I don't judge. Like I say, I'm, yeah. I'm sympathetic towards it. But no, I it really would be am. interesting I, because... I'm not saying I don't have any anxieties. Well, well... Yeah, but you've oh, never so save it for the next show. Yeah, save it, save it if you do, yeah. because so you can reveal what your anxieties are. The audience, yeah. is, the audience yeah, is going to be like waiting yeah. with bated breath to find yeah, out sharks, what. zombies. Yeah. It would be kind of cool to like, yeah, you know, all of us get together and be like, you know, what what the triggers are and like what we do to like counter those or when we're feeling anxious what do we do to uh, kind of counter it and, and all that kind of stuff so right. i think that'd be a good episode too if everybody's up for it yeah i'm there i am i'm cool. totally up for it because i have a I... I have laundry list of anxieties i can learn <laughs> i have no doubt and i'd love to hear that it's been fantastic including the uh one with adam i would love to do another one with him um, and of I'm, course, we still have a World War Two conversation to discuss. Yeah, I'm already in the process of uh, arranging. I've got like a, a few scenarios working out with the uh, the podcast at the moment of like with who and what the subjects are and stuff. Oh, I'm sure um, you guys get a lot of requests. Uh, well, yeah. Yes, some, sometimes a lot. Sometimes it's a bit <laughs> vague, and it's like just me and Sean, and we're like, okay, so now right. what? Uh, well, and then some people are part of the Nashcast family. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and we consider you guys to be as well. But um, oh, thank you. well, I've known you guys have considered <laughs> part of the Nashcast family. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I really want to do um an episode with uh, regarding like an anxiety side of it. Um, Sean, my IT unit doesn't know anything about that, so well, fuck Sean. <laughs> yeah. Beep beep boop beep. <laughs> So whether he wants to be involved in that or not is um, that would be down to him. But um, right. well, it's kind of like that with the music Nash cast as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. With the uh, yeah. I would, the thing I would, have, with I would have loved well. to have been there with that one. I just unfortunately work took me away from it. It's yeah. taken me away oh. from this 
and it's taking me away from my TV shows, which is not cool. But let's... Uh, I let, think let's... Adam and I pretty it's... much ran that it's... show. Yeah. Oh, no, but it was a good show, though, and that will... Um, well, when people listen to this one, it's already been up, so it was good. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, let's uh, let's finish off with... Uh... Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, let's finish off with TV <laughs> you shows. Enjoy your episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's finish off with um, yeah, TV shows though, because yeah, we'll TV. what are you guys watching? I just well, finished watching The Strain. Have you guys seen that yet? Let's talk about Walking Dead first. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. No, seriously. Um, what show? Obsession. We can talk to Walking Dead. Uh, I love how they have unlimited ammunition. Oh, yeah. Um, Unlimited ammunition. Like, no matter where the fuckers go, they seem to have a stockpile and a ton of ammo. You never see them reload. You see them constantly shooting and pulling ammo out of their ass. Maybe it regenerates like in a game. They... Like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, they're spawning in the right place. No, because even in Left 4 Dead, you have to fucking... (laughs) Find your ammo. Love Left 4 Dead. Yeah, that um, they they did clear that issue up a lot in the la- Obviously, I don't know when you guys stopped watching, but the last season of I Walking Dead. I stopped watching the last time we talked when the cannibalism thing was going oh on. My oh my god, you're missing so much. Well, oh. it's because they were still dealing with them in the next season, and when you guys told me it stopped, I started to watch. It was like the third or fourth season of last season. First, uh, third or fourth episode of last season after the whole cannibalism episode was over. Um, I started to watch it and what happened was I lost interest because I couldn't get Chase to watch it with me. And it was one yeah, of the... God damn you, Chase. <laughs> yeah, fuck but me. But he started watching with me instead. Gordon Ramsay shows. No. Like, uh, Ramsay no. shows. I hate that guy. <laughs> Everybody does. All right, yeah, fuck him. I'm not going to waste time talking about him. But, okay, let me explain <laughs> something about... Chase, Chase also loves Jeremy Clarkson. You need to oh, write I the love thing. Jeremy Clarkson in top the thing I, I, I'm not going to hate on Clarkson, even though he is, like, the world's biggest buffoon. Um, He's kind of what made Top Gear Top Gear. I, I mean, I love like the Hamster and Captain oh. Slow, but Top Gear... Would not be Top Gear without Jeremy Clarkson, even though as offensive and as an idiot as he is. Um, yeah, I'm a big Top Gear fan. He didn't make the Walking Dead cast, so you you no. abandoned the Walking Dead for Top Gear. <laughs> I would prefer no, if, oh, if you had the cast of Top oh. Gear on the Walking Dead. <sighs> oh, that would be the shit. I don't See, know I've got a... Jeremy Clarkson and James May as this... the Walking Dead. Oh my god! Clarkson be killed by a zombie. Sean, I'd, are you? I up... see that as well. Sean, are you up to date on uh, Walking Dead? Yeah, I am. Yes. I'm... Right. Okay, Jamie. So up to so up to date us so we can just start the new season. Just well, tell us what's happened. Right. Okay. So in in season five, <laughs> um, I'll just skip the last season, and I will start watching it in September when it starts again. Right. Yeah. So can... the whole cannibalism like ended really quickly, and they were like on the move again. And yeah, then, I figured they were going towards Washington is when I That's left right. Them. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, then, cause they like met with the military group. There's a guy, Abraham Ginger fella, who's all like, we've got a scientist. We're going to Washington. Turned out to be a lie. Surprise, surprise. But they still headed towards Washington anyway. And then, um, they were like being tracked by a particular group of, um, people. 
that had a, a, a safe place, as they call it, um, uh, which was, it's based on the comics if you've read it at all, but uh, it's called, um, I think it was There's like St. Alexandria. Yeah, and they eventually like the group goes back in when they the first few episodes it's kind of long-winded in a way but very very cautiously developed how when they they move it it sounds too good to be true you know that because uh, they've done the whole prison thing the governor how he tried to get people to come in they were like you can't have a safe place and just want us to come in to your community but they the these they, the whole group Rick and everybody were approached by these people to recruit into their society, and uh, they're very cautious about it to start off with. They all like they're all you offered their own. The last society I went to just tried to eat me. Yeah, so in this society they're not doing that. They're just like you can oh, all have your own. Awesome! That's so that's so human of them not to try to. Yeah, and yeah, kind of courteous as well, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, that's so, that's so polite of them. <laughs> yeah, it's very British. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's um, never gonna be cannibals in Britain. Yeah, so um, they're all like given like their own um, houses to like yeah. live in and stuff but in the, the beginning of stages they all decide to stay in the same house until they can like you know <laughs> um like yeah, judge they've been institutionalized after their time in the prison so they have e- to exactly together. yeah and i'm not just from that but because of the whole um no trust yeah exactly so they're just like you know you know it's nice you've offered us this but we don't know you and they say that from the get-go. And even the, the, the chick that runs the whole place, um, she used to be some sort of senator or something. Um, she even shows up on the first night. She's like, oh, yeah, you've all like stuck together as opposed to going to your own houses. Very smart. Appreciates the tactic. Walks off. And it does work out really well. They, 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 they try... They, they, it's a really interesting episode, uh, a season, I think, because uh, at this point, this happens quite early on in the season... And they, I can go back and watch it. Yeah, they're trying to adapt to civilized life because that's what the community that they, they're living in, they know. They don't know the outside world where it's like zombies trying to tear you apart because they're very secured and they happen from the get-go. Right. So they don't know it. But yeah, very quick... That's that, also what they thought about where the governor was at, that it was going to be a nice, peaceful, chill-out place. Yeah, well, things very quickly spin out of control. Like, um, there's people that, like Glenn, for example, he's used to going out on runs to get supplies and stuff, so... Yeah, he's really used to that. Yeah, so he goes out with the the Guinea local pig. group that go, you know, that go out for supplies, but... I'm so glad Glenn's not dead yet. I've been waiting for that to happen. I think that'll happen in the next season or so. Really? Yeah. What about Maggie? Um, She's never allowed to die. She kills herself at... Well, I think she'll kill herself after Glenn, but I reckon, yeah. again, in the next season or two, I think that's going to be the course of action that It'd happens. Be really awesome if, she, if he died and she was pregnant. Um, oh. Well, you're bordering on like comic story crossovers at that point, so yeah. God forbid the comic and the and the TV show be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, an obvious point, does... you know, they're gonna cross sect or well, interact with each other. They do cross. They, they... How much of these two are gonna bang with no contraception, and she doesn't get pregnant? Uh, well, there was a pregnancy scare at one point, but right. I will Maybe say that in this season, in this se- <laughs> in, in, in this particular season, <laughs> they're, 
that there, there's no interaction between them at all throughout the entire season. Right. Of season oh, five. So, so Cause, like... Yeah, because when they get to um, the, the, camp, the safe camp, uh, St. Alexandria, whatever it is, um, Alexandria. they're all like given like certain jobs and stuff and they predominantly follow Rick around as normal. But yeah, Maggie... <laughs> the image of Rick walking. Yeah, and, and Maggie's like gone off... What about Carl? <laughs> A line of people behind. Oh, Carl's like chasing some fifteen-year-old chick or something that they almost kiss, oh, but they don't. Yeah, I was like, he needs that I kiss. Carl to become a serial killer. Who should they? Uh, Whoa. <laughs> well, sorry, maybe. Yeah. No, I think that I, I definitely think that Carl's kind of psychotic. In a way. Well, if he's not, not already, he, he probably will be at some point. But yeah. that... he's been traumatized. He's been so traumatized. Like I just, I, I, I don't blame him for being psychotic. Yeah, he but saw that what was his no in in this season. Killed. He's fine. He saw his mom killed. Yeah, but in this season, he's fine because he, he's trying to. He's trying to be a teenager now. Yeah, and he's yeah. trying to being in a, a safe zone. He's trying to rationalize everything that's happened, what's happened, and what could happen. And he does kind of relate, he, he kind of comes back to the humanity sort of way. Whereas we've seen with Rick, he's gone like through all kinds of stages of humanity. He's gone to like desperation, to kill just for the sake of not being killed. Sanity. Kill when he can, just kill just for the sake of it. His dead wife in the prison when she's Yeah, mental there. psychotic break. Yeah, we've seen it all. Remember, and... we talked about that last time when I was all caught up. Remember, I was complaining. I'm like, just like, what yeah. kind of leader is Rick when he's just all psychotic and just like? And that's the thing. About, this... Like, I gotta go find my crazy. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta go find my dead wife that's talking. To me. And that's the thing. But this season, he has. He's <laughs> taking. He's <laughs> still <laughs> taking. He's taking in ways that don't make sense. Yeah, he's. he's well, he, he has taken charge again in this season because there's still everyone still looks to him, and even when they've settled in this new camp, all well, the my personal opinion is that this still shit's going all in in a saint. Elsewhere ending. And for those that aren't familiar with St. Elsewhere, how the story short starts is it's all the shit transpiring in a hospital. And then the very final episode, it turns out that all that shit was going on in St. Elsewhere was the imagination of this little kid with a snow globe with a hospital inside it. And I think that... And we talked about this on the last episode, how Rick should have been dead long before he even got out of the hospital. I think that this is Rick dying and coming to terms with everything that has gone wrong in his life. I will, like, just jump in there straight away. Sorry, Sean, go on. Think about it. Rick should have been... The, the rule of three, and I mentioned this last time. The creators of the show have already said without... that they're thrown out of the window. Yeah. That's not going to be the case. They've ruled out the whole, like, it's a dream or a nightmare or something. They've yeah, already I said did. that's not the case. I thought that for a long time with Lost, but I don't yeah. think that at all with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Really? Well, like I well, said, that's just the thing is that it's going to end up with some funky, jacked-up ending that's going to be like, what the fuck? Well, the thing is, they call like um, the the next story. As long as they keep getting the ratings, they're going to get, which they obviously will do. They've got yeah. like um, a, a whole number of years worth of TV show to be doing because they've like planned up to season eleven, which is obviously right. another what five years away because they're just about to yeah. start season six. 
So that's five five years away. And um, looking at the last season, I gotta be honest. I I mean, okay, fair enough. I'm biased because I love The Walking Dead. But this right. season alone, seeing like Rick and seeing them all, all of them trying to readjust to like normal civilized lives, and seeing like Rick because he used to be a sheriff and all that kind of stuff and a leader, they said, okay, you know, I'm gonna we we want you to be the sheriff of the little community that we've got, and you know, you you see like the the troubles that they have trying to adapt to that town whilst knowing what is outside of the walls that they've got with the, the undead right. and everything like that. And then some of the internal issues, uh, I mean, Sean will know what I'm talking about, but the key issues with, uh, it's, it's identical to the comic book if you've read it, but with uh, one of the local community guys who is a drunk and the only surgeon they've got as well, uh, they end up having a, a brawl inside a house. And the scene, uh, comic book-wise, it is done step by step in the tv show and nice. rick really like takes charge and right. they they've got it like all set up and it's just i can't believe i'm really sorry that like jamie stopped watching it because of the cameras no, i'm gonna go back and watch it now because of you guys I'm oh gonna go you should before, it's amazing before it starts again in september i'm gonna go catch i'll i'll take a weekend and i'll catch up on because like i said i watched I, I want to say it's like the third by the third episode. You guys told you guys were watching it, and you told me for sure that all the cannibalism stuff was over by like the third or fourth episode. You yeah, like, Sean dead. said that. Yeah, they're all dead now. You can start watching yeah, it again. Yeah, so right. I started watching it, and I got through one episode, and I tried to get Chase to watch uh, the next episode with me, and he he was not budging on it. And yeah. for me, the reason why I was still watching it for the most part was really because chase that was one of the few shows that he watches with me so when he kind of quit on it i just because for me the show i guess for me the the whole cannibalism thing just really turned me off from the show it wasn't it's not that they've strayed from the comic books or anything like that Mm. or not the show tends to be long-winded and repetitive but that in and of itself, I think for me, just subconsciously made me like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Um, right. On the other hand, when I mentioned before we started talking about The Walking Dead, I, I asked if anybody is watching this show um, from FX, The Strain, because I was going to watch it last year and it's just started its second season. But it's uh, that show is about vampirism. And see, in that way, I don't relate that to cannibalism at all. Hmm. It, for me, vampirism isn't an issue because just like yeah, well, but they're, yeah, not, well, they're not like eating the people, are they? Well, yeah, but it's just like the zombies eating people. I don't look at that as cannibalism. That doesn't bother me um, because they're monsters. They're undead. It, 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 to me, the only time it's bothering me is if it's like a Hannibal Lecter situation. Right. And no, obviously, I did not watch Hannibal, and I'm really glad it's been canceled, so I don't have yeah. to watch advertisements for it anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah. as we've discussed on previous uh, podcasts, there were a lot of little issues I had with The Walking Dead. Everything ranging uh, from... Time suspending really... Yeah. <laughs> the unlimited MO and just oh, unnumerous things that we've previously discussed. Really drew me off the Walking Dead. The main thing that really off the bat set me off was Rick being in the hospital 
And then when he gets to the camp where Shane and his wife and his kid are, hmm. you know that more than a few weeks have surpassed. So then you go back to the rule of three, like, okay, three days without water, three weeks without food, and who the fuck has been going back to feed this fool to make sure that he's alive when it very well shows at the camp that this shit has been going on for a long while. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's That's about a, points. They probably yeah. could fill that in even if it's in a flashback. The unlimited so. ammo where they always seem to find ammo out in the middle of fucking nowhere. They just happen to have unlimited ammo at their disposal you never see him change a clip, unlike I, John Wick, where I will challenge we show that. that after the appropriate number of shots, Homeboy is switching his clip out. Nah. Walking Dead, you don't see that shit. It's just like, bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. With most of the weapons, that is um, generally a case, but they... Um, I'll admit that, okay, my, my knowledge might be a bit rusty in the early on seasons, but I know they cleared up a lot of issues when they took control of the prison in season three. So they did get a lot of weapons and ammo through yeah, that scenario. Uh, with... I'm gonna, my point to Chase is that when you don't see them changing clips, I guess the presumption is because they're shooting so many people, not shooting as in bullets, but shooting them with so many actors with the camera yeah. at so many different times. You're supposed to go on the presumption that they changed their clip out when they when you don't see them on the camera. But also, for with me, it wouldn't be so bad if they showed it at least once. One person, okay, swapping but your clip. okay, but you gotta look at it like Rick as well because he's got like a, a specific gun. Yeah, that forty-four Magnum. Yeah, that takes now specific and it, yeah, and it is mentioned at some point like by Shane. He's just like, yeah, you know, oh, I uh, I managed to get you know. Uh, I, I rescued what I could, like supplies and stuff. I got some extra bullets for you. Yeah. And this is like in season two, I think. And Rick's like, ah. Yeah. Oh. He Rick leans Shane into the camera and he's all like, thanks. Mag. Yeah. But then you've got later on when Rick goes back to where uh, Atlanta, where, where he met uh, Morgan and stuff the first time, where Morgan's like fortified the place. Oh, yeah. And then he finds like you know, a whole you know ton of supplies that he manages to get from him. So, ton of ammo, ton of weapons. Yeah, so it's like at at that point, so they've got tons of supplies, and no doubt, like a whole bunch of uh, supplies they've probably found in the prison. Right. So it's like asking yourself from a, a TV point of view: Do you want to see five seconds of them shooting the shit out of something, or five seconds of them reloading a gun? But yet, when you see them walking <laughs> around, they're walking around in normal clothes. You don't see extra ammo strapped around their waist or e extra clips mm. attached to them. They're just walking around in normal clothes with their weapons at the ready. Okay, you don't from... see anything that indicates that, yeah, you know, we are ready for some shit here. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's probably a fair point. And, I, know, I'll I take that consideration, but... They showed, like in Rambo how Rambo has the bandoliers of M60 ammo strapped around his fucking chest and shoulder. Okay, we know Rambo, even though we might not see him change belts of ammo, he's got several belts of ammo around his fucking body. Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's a fair comment. Um, I was about to, like, argue, but, like, it's probably the same with most uh, TV shows at the moment, because they all seem to have 
clips. Oh, dude, I used to be a big fan of away the AT. Everywhere, and but, then as I got older, it's like, yeah. wow, these guys have unlimited ammo and they can't hit shit like a, sta- a stormtrooper. Oh, don't get me started <laughs> on the stormtrooper thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Okay, um, right, so... Um, so, Jamie, you're, you're going to go back and, and catch up on, on The Walking Dead? Yeah, I am. Oh, so I'm so glad. Plug in my ear. I want to see you. I want to. I want to talk to you about the the episode when Rick and Pete get thrown out the window. And okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. What I'll do, guys, and um, this time you guys can remind me instead of trying to be. So I will. Like, I will not feel guilty so this time. British. I'll just be like podcast. Damn it. Yeah. No. <laughs> feel free. You guys. You, you. Now, if somebody else did that to me, I would just be like, I'm not even going to acknowledge this. Yeah. Way. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, but if it's you guys, if it's you guys, I'll make the time for you. Oh, um, I appreciate that. You know, or we, so, we, we do. Uh, what I'll do, what we'll do is, um, uh, right before the, or maybe right after the new season starts, yeah, we'll do a podcast out, maybe like one or two in episodes into the new as new season. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, cool. That, and then that'll be enough time for me to um, be away so that your audience doesn't get completely bored out of their minds by me. <laughs> Chase, Chase Never going to happen. Chase can yeah. do that for me. There you go. <laughs> I'll bore the people out of their skulls. As Sean said, it would never happen. And it's always a, an honor and a, and a pleasure to have you, either of you or both of you, on the podcast. So, yeah. Oh, I don't think you're getting rid of Chase anytime soon. I think <laughs> <laughs> to be on ev- I think he's going to start insisting he be on every episode. <laughs> nah. I, I, as I said in the this intro, every other episode. he's run- his third partner without knowing it. <laughs> he's running the risk of becoming a regular member, but I'm okay with that. Hey, I'm all right <laughs> with becoming a regular member of you guys. You guys are like, like I said, I've only done one podcast. It's with you guys, and but with you guys, it's like wicked easy to just be loose and be myself and just. Literally talk the shit. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've noticed about your podcast. Upon listening to them, it's not always that you guys have. I mean, there's times when you guys have a specific rundown of how agenda. You do yeah, shows. yeah. But a lot of times, it just seems like it's you know some chums getting together to shoot the shit and just being buds. Yeah. Well, that's my podcast. Sean's is a bit more structured, but yeah, well, the, yeah, the Nashcast side is just like a, a free flow. Sean has sat here through like the last two hours, just <laughs> staring. Sean, plug your podcast. <laughs> my podcast, yes. which we'll record on Wednesday, another episode is uh, to begin with movie centric. Um, we'll do a, a, an shot. anniversary of something that is either a, a movie that is worthy mentioning <laughs> or. <laughs> I feel like it's uh, it doesn't get enough attention, um, but it'll always be like a significant anniversary. So, for example, twentieth anniversary of uh, Gladiator, or fiftieth anniversary of um, like a fistful of dollars. Yeah, or we'll hit Blade Runner at some point. I should actually probably watch the film sometime before I. You've talk never about seen it. Blade Runner? Nope. Oh, dude! Fuck man, that, that movie, awesome man! Movie. Nice, no, not. We have the um, we have the Blu-ray. Which includes all of the versions that have been released of the film, and I have yet to watch it. So oh, you're not the only one. I need so to. Okay. Uh, I need to. Okay. So I need you know to watch. What do is you and I should watch it, and we should have a perspective of watching it this late in the game, mm. and yes. we should talk about it. 
I should I watch one of those versions totally as well we because with, the um, first time I tried to watch it, I had to turn off halfway through because I was so I, fucking I, bored. I did. Uh, Blade Runner is I one of those movies that are really psychological in a way, and it really makes you think about things. Yeah. Um, but it's just an amazing movie from the score by Evangelist to the effects to the story. And like Jamie said, the version we have is what's called the Final Cut, which has literally every version of Blade Runner released up until what's called the Final Cut, which is what Ridley Scott's final vision of Blade Runner was. But it has the original Blade Runner, uh, several of the director and theatrical cuts, European cuts. It's like six or seven different versions of the movie on a I've couple never of Blu-rays. This. I uh, I have to say that I've never seen so many versions of one film included in one one Blu-ray set. You've seen Star. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna be like, you've seen Star Wars, right? But they, yeah, they never released them no, all. No, but in I don't version. mean re- no, no, because I don't mean like just re-releasing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With- Better, better just in one collection. But you did with Blade Runner, and I, even though I haven't seen the movie, I am aware of the history of it. Mm, yeah. What Ridley Scott would did with Blade Runner is he literally changed the movie several times, mm. and, and changed completely changed the film. Yeah, yeah. like so, there's a version where it doesn't have Rick Deckard's um, overdubs. There's a version where it doesn't. There's a version where it has extended scenes. There's the original theatrical, and then there's the director's cut, which has kind of a mishmash of everything to where it makes a really cohesive story. Mm. Okay. That's the one I would recommend. Yeah. Okay, so how about... I wouldn't... Uh, I don't think I, I could go back and watch all the cuts. I would just watch the final one. Yeah, yeah. There's a, me too. So yeah, there's, there's a part of me that, that's terrified because I didn't watch, and the same thing with Scott, Neither one of us watched the original Godfather. Oh, Godfather! Until, until oh, um, slackers. until about a year ago, maybe right. not even that. And, did you enjoy um, it? No, that no, was just a few it. months ago, yeah, dude. I loved it so much. It's horrible. Yeah, I talked to you guys forever about Godfather. Uh, it's so late in the process. Like it's you know, it's twenty years later, thirty years later. There's yeah. some hype around it, and I don't think it. Well, holds now up. the Godfather's forty years old. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it. If I had, I seen it. Much earlier on in my um yeah, like twenty years ago career, I guess um I probably would have felt better or I would have enjoyed it more. But yeah, watching right. it now, I found it so slow and boring. Uh, well, it can be, but the story behind it is really it's poorly it takes the story of what the traditional idea of the mafioso Don or boss was. And it really brings them into perspective as a family man. Like, what it's really like behind the scenes. Okay, yeah, I'm the godfather. I'm the Don of New York. But this is what it's like for me as a family man. James just described a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's almost what the godfather He literally is. just described a reality not He described two things to me. as he, I've seen the godfather. And I, I actually like The Godfather, although it's not a movie that I'll go back and rewatch. I've seen it a couple of times, oh, and it's... You're right, yes, Chase, you've made that very clear. We know you like it. Okay, but my point is, is that by your description, 
I have to say that number one, it is really long and boring. It, the timing on it's really off for being a movie that's supposed to be driven emotionally and by action. It's really drawn out. It, it's like almost mind numbingly drawn out. But based on what Chase described it as, like, it's a mafioso, but he's really a family man. Like, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, like, somebody is writing this down, going, I'm going to create a new reality show. And they already have, like, real mob wives of New York or something like that. So, like, the show does technically already exist. So, somebody's I don't know. Somebody's going to listen to this and go, okay, so what can we do? A reality show. We'll set it. Uh, they'll be based right underneath the uh, the Skyway Bridge. That will be their central base of operations. <laughs> under the under the Tampa Bay water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now uh, we'll do it as the Godfather. Looking at I, looking who at else the Godfather. I can't believe they're making an Aquaman movie. Um, well, Aquaman, I think, is going to make his debut in uh, Superman versus Batman. No, but who thinks that's crazy of all the characters out there for them to tap? Aquaman, really? But look who they're tapping for Aquaman, Jason Momoa. I think that's just the start of it. I think that they're all like, there'll be more after that. They're just like, Game of Thrones. I mean, dude looks like he could be a formidable Aquaman. I mean, I liked, I liked, I liked the universe that they're creating, so I'm interested to see. I've never bought into Aquaman holy like when i read comics or anything yeah. right I, same here aquaman was just yeah. like a bit dude he was kind but. of like in uh dc i mean marvel's universe submariner yeah submariner was there but he wasn't really a major player no no he was not which is it's crazy to think because like what two-thirds of our planet is covered in water you would think that it could be a huge major player um, and hopefully that they will they'll turn it into that i I'm, I'm only basically interested in watching it a because of the connection to the the Batman Superman universe, which I think is going to look cool. But right. I've been a fan of Momoa's um, Scott. Forgive me because I know you hate the franchise, but I loved him in Stargate Atlantis. So, yeah. um, and from there he went into he's done a few films that I liked, um, and, then and then Game of Thrones, and then Game of Thrones, um, and now he's he's doing this. So I'm I'm all all for seeing how he does with it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And, and then because um, he seems like of all the people they've. Over the last, fuck, we'll say 20 years that they've attached to the Aquaman role. As far as keeping him up to date and what they're really trying to depict Aquaman as, he seems like the most logical choice. Even though he doesn't have the blonde hair that Aquaman has had through the comics, as far as his stature and his attitude, yeah, I could buy him as Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know if, if um, Scott, I don't think you have. I'm not sure if Chase or Jamie have. Did you guys ever watch the TV show Entourage? I did. Um, I watched. Um, I, I, I definitely looked for the, the Kevin Smith comment that you're about to make. <laughs> I think that I assume you're about to make. Um, um, nope. Um, oh, oh. No, okay. Okay. And there's a reference in uh, Entourage about there's Kevin two, Smith. Actually there's, actually, there's two references to Kevin Smith in Entourage, but one of them is about him directing um, Aquaman two. Okay, yeah. So and I'm gonna, dude, now, now I have to go back and rewatch the whole show. He, 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 
yeah, he he made it's a very it's a just an offhanded comment as they're like literally walking through LA. Like one dude's like, "So are you doing Aquaman 2? And he's like, "I heard that they just attached Kevin Smith as a director." He's like, "Oh fuck no, I'm not doing it then." <laughs> oh, yeah, it both both yeah. Um, um Kevin actually even talked about this at one point. Um, that not to me, but publicly. Um, that there was, I, I don't, I forget who he says it is, but it's somebody on the show, it's like a writer or a producer, I want to say it's a writer, that has like a vendetta against him. Uh, so they wrote this shit in. Yeah, both the comments that are made about him throughout the show, there's only two, both of them are very snarky and mean. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say, I did watch the first, like, four seasons or so, and I hate watched it. Like, I kept waiting for it to get better, and as every episode went past, I hated the characters more and more and more. Because everything about Hollywood, like, that whole, even though I like movies and TV a lot, everything about the Hollywood lifestyle for the, the people themselves, the opulence, it absolutely disgusts me. Yeah, no, I completely so, say where you're coming from. That show, yeah, I found, same here. I've, everything about that sh- about Entourage I found to be hugely offensive. No, I, I understood completely. Um, I only mention it because in there you get a trailer for an Aquaman film. Just a trailer. Really? Where the Aquaman two thing comes up is he stars as uh, in Aquaman. The yeah, he stars in Aquaman or something. Or you get you you never actually see the film that they make, obviously, because it's not no, about the film. Right. But you see the final scene, like the climax of the film, or leading up to the climax of it, and the way that they shot it within the construct of the TV show. I really wanted to watch that film. I thought right. I really want to see an Aquaman film. So now we're gonna finally get one, and I'm I'm all for it. I want to see Aquaman like in like re- like I want them to be really underwater, like kind of the way you would see like on a documentary, and I want him to punch a shark in the face. Oh, he doesn't want to see a shark punched in the face. Well, I'd just like to see an Aquaman in not just on surface, but in his natural environment. Yeah, that's great. Let's get back to like sharks being punch punched in the face. I don't think I don't think he's gonna punch any sharks in the yeah, face. Fuck I, think, sharks. I think they'll work with him. I think they'll be on his side. You think they'll be helpful? Are you sure about Did you that? Guys... Well, a great white shark that just decides, huh, he looks like food. Apparently, the thing over here yeah, is where this... we are in Inglewood, Florida, not twenty, maybe thirty miles at most is Boca Grande. Which is one of the most well-known places for hammerhead sharks. It's one of the few places that those that are familiar with them, Jacques yeah. Cousteau, would oh. not dive because of how dangerous the hammerheads are there. Good old and shark. Yeah, there's people that dive into the past and whatnot like it's no big deal. I mean, yeah, the hammerheads are there, but realistically, they're not really going to fuck with you. Mm. Well... I've got, yeah. I mean, yes, you have a, you need to have a healthy respect for sharks, because like in Inglewood, Venice Beach, and whatnot, you have the nurse sharks, which are literally at the bottom at sand level, and if you step on one of them, they're gonna fuck you up. But for the most part, yeah, sharks aren't really that big of a deal over here. Well, the reason why we have this perspective, um, although I, I'm with you, Scott, I won't get in water that has animals in it. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my, my fears aren't so much surrounded by sharks. Um, actually, that's the thing I fear least growing up in Florida. Um, I'm very scared of alligators. I'm very scared of jellyfish. 
um, stingrays, those kinds of things, um, uh, sea urchins, anything that can kill and or poison me. Um, but sharks, not so much. And I think that's one of the reasons why, a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I grew up in this area my whole life, which is, um, on the Gulf of Mexico. Um, the Gulf of Mexico is about a half a mile from our house. Um, the, just, just that. One, one of the many beaches that we have in our area. Mm. Um, so, um, I've over, over the years, um, throughout my life, I've seen many, many, many aerial photos taken um of the area of the beach and you see these very large shadows in the water with all these hundreds of swimmers and what those shadows are are sharks and the point of these pictures is to show how not dangerous sharks are and i just read the other day um i don't remember where i read it on huffington post or buzzfeed or something like that but they were saying in an article it was about shark attacks and they were saying that um at any given time that a, sh- a shark is within like six feet of a swimmer on average. I'm never, never going to get you in the ocean, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, dude. <laughs> I'm, uh, never. But, but if anything, that, I mean, yes, it's disturbing to think about it in that way. But then when it's kind of like airplanes. Yes, air, oh, it, being in an airplane, sake. I have terrible anxiety flying. But I also am aware of the fact that there are, at any given time, it's something like there's 3,000 airplanes in the air at any given moment, and they go day by day by day, year by year by year, and there's no major catastrophes happening. So you have to, yes, it's horrifying when it happens, when a shark bite happens, when a plane crashes, but the reality is is, uh, the number of people that are at risk versus how many people are getting hurt. It, the magnet mm. the, at the at the um chances of you having something bad happen to you with a shark or on a plane is slim yeah but as i'm with you scott in the sense of if there's any chance at all no yeah yeah Dude, don't worry not- look I'll, I'll hold your hand on the plane and i'll hold your hand <laughs> in the water okay well sure. see this is why i want to um invented for so we don't have to get in the water with animals because the way i look at it if i'm getting in their natural environment Mm. if if i walk into somebody's house like they have the right to like the shark has a right to bite me absolutely house i didn't i he didn't invite me in here i just why just paddled my way into his house so unless sharks start getting up on the water or excuse me getting up on the land um I don't think we have a right to mess with them. It's our own fault for being out there. I guess it's just me that, and it's been pointed out to me in therapy that my, my, my sense of fear is not what should be typical that I am pretty fearless. So when I go out in the water, the last thing I'm thinking about is sharks. I'm, Chilling out in the water, and yeah, if I step on something, okay, yeah, that'll be a little freaky, mm-hmm. but it's not something I give a lot of credence to, and it's a lot, and it's the same in a lot of things I do. Um, yeah, do I mean, I some things, think any of this is, but, but my sense of fear doesn't override my sense of wanting to be badass enough to do it. It should be pointed out that his doctor is not telling him these things in a positive light. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at saying all. Saying this to him, like you really need to be more careful. Yeah, You're I should be a little bit more fearful of things instead of being fearless. But the way I've always interpreted it is, you can either let your fear 
grip you and take a hold of you, or you can try to conquer that fear and face your fear and just try to run it head on. And that's how it came a lot of overcame a few of my fears. Like I used to have a unreal feel of fear of heights. And they, even Jamie knows that I've had a fear of heights. But some of the things that helped me, I'm not going to say overcome it, but helped me deal with it was doing actual rock climbing and repelling. Mm. And the reason that helped is I always wanted to do repelling. I always wanted to repel off a mountain. But the group that I was with, in order to be able to do the repelling, you had to be able to do the rock climbing. And eventually, that's what got me to face my fear of heights is like, okay, I want to repel off this motherfucker and zip down it, but the only way I can do it is going up this rock. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Kind of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I still have a fear of things, but I try to control that fear and face that fear head on. Is it always for my better? No. It's never for the better. Let's just it's go never for the better. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, Scott. Sharks are horrible, and let's stay away from them. Let's stay <laughs> out of the water. Let's go get in a nice, clean, uh, chlorinated pool. Yeah. Uh, possibly temperature controlled. Fuck the ocean, get into a pool. Yeah, where yeah. There's no why sharks. do we need the ocean when we have a pool? Yeah. Simple yeah, what that. You there, Sean? What you a nice clean uh, pool. No, I'm, I'm all for jumping in the ocean. Fuck you, you, dude. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> How much do you fear? Scott will stay alive on the sand. <laughs> How, How much do you feel there, Sean? I used to have a massive fear of heights. Um, but again, I kind of got over that similarly by hiking. I went to the Rockies and I went hiking and running around and nearly nice. fell off the side Water of the mountain. Therapy. So. Uh, that kind of cured that. I'm, I'm fine with that one. Um, don't have a fear of the water. Uh, I've got a healthy respect for sharks. So if they showed up, I wouldn't like hang out. Just be the fuck out of them. But um, it's never prevented me from, from going in the ocean. I used to go sailing a lot, and we would go kind of like free diving uh, okay. out in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, oh, you used to do free diving? Well, when I say free diving, you know, you jump in the water and you swim around a bit. No, like, Okay, somewhat like snorkeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I do. When I think free diving, I'm thinking going hundreds of feet down without any apparatus. I'd love to give that a shot. I would too if it weren't for my fucking lungs. I would (laughs) love to go scuba. Yeah, and I want to jump out of a plane with a parachute. Me too. With a parachute. Mm, Fuck that. I do too. I'm not gonna lie. Parachuting. Or wingsuiting, even. Man, I would dig wingsuiting it. Yeah, and I'd see, the, all of this conversation is like a great segue into like what we can do yeah. in the next podcast of like the whole anxiety things and things we'd like to do and why we can't do right. them. Or not can't do them, but choose not to, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys are up for doing that uh, at some point soon, I, I think that'd be a good, good episode to have. Because yeah. you guys seem to have an understanding about that sort of stuff as well. And yeah, because it seems like we all, aside from there, Mr. Sean. Yeah, Mr. Like, you some know, sort of whole care. Issues? Yeah. I'll, 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 I'm sure there's something. We'll find something. You guys oh, will break me. Yeah. I'm going to make it my mission now to no, find no, something. I'll be like, we you can know. find something that <laughs> you're scared of. Yeah. Oh, I'm scared of. Everybody's afraid of something. Even fucking spiders. 
I'm clowns? Really fun of clowns, and I hate spiders. So you won't be watching the. See, you hate spiders. Yeah. There you go. Uh, no, I will not be rewatching it. Um, <laughs> the first one was scary. It. Yeah, I hated the first. I mean, I, I, the film itself was actually well, the first part of the film because when it came out, I saw it on VHS. It was two parts. Me too. Part part one was terrifying, and the better part of it. The second parts, especially when you find out what the clown actually is, it kind of ruined the film a bit for me. Right. But I but, can't stand clowns. And then redoing the it. The closest thing I will now ever get to a clown, and I will make myself do this just out of respect for Scott, <laughs> is I will read your script when you finish it, or I'll help you finish it off. <laughs> and you know what the title of this episode should be? Random shit with the Waltons. Oh, because we did right? not stay on any particular topic for more than five minutes. Uh, we we managed to hit John Wick for a little while. Yeah, we, yeah, we managed to get yeah we managed yeah. to get fifteen minutes of 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 continuous continuity. Uh, otherwise, it was just all random commentary. Yeah. I like and so that. Our dogs barking, so that's the perfect time for us to leave. <laughs> the long yeah. and the short of it is, Scott, you have to watch John Wick next time I see you. I'm no shit. Rewatch John Wick is a badass movie, dude. Totally. Uh, I've yeah. seen it like five to six times at this point, and I can't remember the last movie I could tell you I've watched that many times. That's so, good enough for me. Awesome. I mean, I mean, as far I'm not talking classic films. I'm talking about like just regular, Recent. just films that just come out. You know. Oh yeah. I cannot tell you the last time I got that obsessed with a film. Right. Um, I'm sure Keanu Reeves appreciates it immensely. Oh, oh, I hope sure he does, he does. Because I will show him how much I appreciate him. <laughs> oh. <Ooh>. I, I, <laughs> hey, my husband's sitting here on the, on the pod with us, so obviously I'm not I, I'm wow. not being deceptive in any way. <laughs> All right, Sean, sign us off then. If meet Keanu Reeves, I'll be sure to uh, tell him to listen to your podcast so he knows. Like, look, see, it's okay with my husband. He's He heard me say it already. <laughs> All right, if you get Keanu to listen to this, then uh, we, we will be... Forever, Scott and I and everybody we know will show our appreciation. They've got a podcast? Oh Whoa. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, I think we're going to call it there. Um, if I get hooked up with Keanu Reeves by doing your podcast, I will promise to come on and do every episode <laughs> you ever ask me to do. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> that will be my payback. Ah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll accept that happily. Okay, that's a deal then. It's cool. it's on it's recorded so it's official. <laughs> it's official. Don't don't cut this part of it out. Verbal at, at contract. All. Yeah, sure. We, yeah, we, 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 we need the contract official <laughs> so that it gets published and Keanu can hear it. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> cool. All right, Chase, okay. Jamie, thank you so love much you. for sitting in with us. Oh, thank you for having us, dude. Um, we would love, love you to you join so us much. in our little sign-off here. Um, so for this episode of Nashcast, I am your co-host Sean. I'm your... I am your guest, Chase Walton, at Destato one on Twitter. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Joining <laughs> us as well is Jamie. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to say oh, that. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was, I was going uh, with the fly. I know, I just, I saw Scott <laughs> trying to do his exit, and he got cut off by Chase, and I'm watching this in the video, so I'm just sitting here waiting, like, should I say something? Um, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'm Jamie Walton from the Wayne Foundation. Uh, thank you uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Scott, and... if you would like to finally be able to say goodbye <laughs> on your own podcast, please feel please feel free. For fuck's sake! Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you, everybody, for being involved. Sean, Chase, Jamie, it's been brilliant to have you on. 
Uh, it's really made my my day, my week. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you can find us on email at nashcastpod at gmail.com, I believe, Sean. Right. Uh, and Twitter at Nashcast Network. If you've got any feedback or anything like that. I'll be back sometime probably in uh, the end of September. Around yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds starts. fine. Yeah, November, December, January. Yes. That's fine. Right. <laughs> and of course, in the meantime, I'm available to you chaps at any time. Absolutely, Jason, I'm yeah. not waiting for an invitation. I'm going to invite myself on the podcast. <laughs> I, 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 and I'd really love invitation to do... Invitation accepted. I'd really love to do <laughs> an episode about um, like anxiety and stuff as well, because I think that yes, could really help a lot of people. An episode about anything, man. Yeah, I could, man. I could fly off the wheel. Um, I, thought, I honestly thought you were going to say I could fly over there any moment you want. <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, come on over. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I can promise you he cannot. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, so... Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. Of course, oh, thank uh, you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, as always, an honor to have you guys on board. So thank you for the podcast and the time and everything. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to more podcasts in the future. Yes, Definitely. we will be back. We will be back. <laughs> so on behalf of Sean on this episode of Nashcast and myself good journey <laughs>